On this episode of the Star Wars Time Show, Matt and Nick are trying something new, so great chance the show will catch on fire, tech-wise at least. And the new thing you may ask? Well, they're bringing the talented Blainer things on for a chat, and Matt is even letting Nick participate. So like I said, expect some sort of tech snafu. It's the Star Wars Time Show after all. Once the duo are done talking with Blaine, they will move into the latest Star Wars topics worth discussing, such as the reveal that K2 will not be an Andor S1, a KOTOR game rumored to be in development, a new Skywalker biography, and of course, some new collectibles to blow your credits on. They'll wrap with this week's fan question of the week, which asks fans about what type of KOTOR game they want. And then they'll close things out with the latest round of our top five fan artist features of the week. Punch it, Chewie. everybody welcome back to the star wars time show and no you are not on drugs you are seeing a completely new setup that's right we're not even doing the damn tech test we're going live right just like our buddy bill said fuck it we'll do it live <laughs> no, no in all oh, seriousness man. no we're, we're doing something we've never done at the star wars time show and that is trying to interview someone while nick is still on the stream. I usually I wasn't kicked that's off. Right, I usually week. lock him up in his gimp box and don't let him <laughs> out when I'm talking to other people because I don't want him to, you know, rub them the wrong way, as we like to say. Uh, but we decided to, to try something new for our our special guests, as you can see over there. I guess to my right or left, I can never figure this out when we're looking at stuff that's streaming. Uh, it's none other than Blainer Things from Instagram. Yay! Everybody, welcome to the show. Welcome, welcome. Uh, you know, we've been talking about having, getting back to doing interviews for a while now. And, you know, we haven't done that because, for the most part, we're lazy assholes. Uh, it, it takes extra effort. You got to track them down. You got to come to an agreed upon date, all that fun stuff. But we did add Spencer Barron to the site officially last week. He's become our uh, quasi PR person, if you will. He is quasi, no, no longer quasi. He is PR yeah, I guess man. he is on the site, so he is somewhat <laughs> official. I mean, shit, the guy even hunted yeah. down the dude you hired in that forced <laughs> child labor camp to create oh. a logo for himself to match ours. Yeah, so. yeah. He, I, I sent him the guy's info, so his name uh. is, I think it's Andrew. <laughs> and, Alex, uh, Dick. He got his own, Alex, a new started with an A. <laughs> and he's got his own little chibi version of himself, the same as us two, so... He is as official as he's going to get. Uh, right. So, a part so of the watch Star out. Uh, if, if Spencer shows up in your D- DMs, that means we have you in our sites. Exactly. You are one of our bounties. We want to talk to you. And you know, I mean, <laughs> shit, Nick, what was it? 
two years ago, we we're like, hey, we we always dedicate a segment of the show to toy photography, in particular Star Wars artists. It could be the real yes. ass painters, the digital artists, the toy photographers. It doesn't matter if you want to sculpt a job of the hut out of a pile of shit. If you tag us, <laughs> we may talk about it. That's but we were like, you know what? Let, let's let's bring the community onto the show. We'll do interviews with them. You know, we started with Sir Dork, and then we quit. <laughs> we, we just fucking stopped. <laughs> we stopped because all these other accounts started doing interviews with toy photographers, and like I said, we just got lazy. Uh, not that we our interviews have ever just been about the hobby. Yeah, we all like the hobby, but this is the damn Star Wars time show after all. We we, we like to kind of learn a bit more about these uh, creators, their their background, their love of Star Wars, and how it may have impacted what they do today. Uh, so that's what we're going to do with, with Blaine today. We're, we're going to figure out who is Blaine as a Star Wars fan. Uh, because if you're like me and you follow him on Instagram, at Blaine or things again, um, you have a great idea who Blaine is as a person. He's someone that I, I love as a person. Uh, one of my favorite things to do every time I open up Instagram is to look at the top and see if Blainer Things has a circle around his story, meaning he's posted <laughs> new content, which means I'm going to get to see him bust some dumbass's face. Right? He releases the Krakens, as he as he you call it, like right, right, Blaine. I do, I do. What I can. Um, but really, I, I, Blaine is just someone that I personally, he, he brings me much joy with his content, be it what he creates for his posts or uh, more recently with how he's tackled the morons of the world in his stories. Uh, I'm, I'm not kidding around. <laughs> I, I, I literally look forward to it. There, there's a few accounts on Instagram that I personally love looking at their stories. It's you. Uh, it was Ivu too. He, he calls people out. Uh, Plastic Action will do some of the call outs. Jason B. Michael. Uh, it's just, it, it's fun stuff. So I'm glad you're on the show. Uh, we're going to learn a bit more about the Blainer things. All right. Awesome. Glad to be here. So, I mean, yeah, it is Star Wars, right? This is a Star Wars show. So we are going to focus on that. But anyone that follows Blaine, if you're not, go check him out. Uh, his most recent, one of his most recent posts has exploded. Uh, hell, fuck it. I'm just going to bring it up on the screen right now. We've got one of his throngs, <laughs> but uh, the post I'm talking about has got him a little notoriety these days. Let the haters commence. <laughs> and uh, Nick, I don't know if you've seen this thing, but it is amazing. It's up to uh, almost 15,000 likes at this point in time. Uh, I got on the live stream right now, but this is uh, Blaine kind of <laughs> commemorating it. the end of uh, the Fuhrer's reign last week with a with a good old Scooby Doo caption, "Zoinks!" as as he has <laughs> Captain America unmasking Red Skull, who has been wearing Trump's face for the past four years. It's beautiful. This is a beautiful piece. And here. this, thank you. This post in particular, Blaine generated some fantastic story content uh, of people leaving comments on your art and telling you, you know, how dumb you are and all this other shit. Uh, so that's what I'm talking yeah. about. Like the, the, the Blaine is great for uh, creating art that, that starts conversations. And sometimes those conversations involve morons. 
And all the time, those conversations involve Blaine correcting those morons. So <laughs> that, that's one of the reasons why I, I love this guy. But uh, more importantly, and we'll, we'll kind of get things back on track here with his Star Wars stuff. Uh, he's also a very talented creator. Uh, I mean, he does the, the toy photography. But as you can see on the stream here, he's also a what I'd call a, a concept artist. Is that fair to say? Mm -hmm. yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, so, you know, we're going to talk about how did he, you know, how did he get here? What, what, what motivated him in life to just sit down one day on his iPad Pro and concept out what Benedict Cumberbatch could look like as uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn? And, and I'm with you. I, I, I definitely see Benny playing Thrawn. Who knows? I mean, I'm sure we'll get to casting at some point in time. But uh, before we get into that, let, let's learn a little bit more about at Blainer Things, a.k.a. Blaine. Uh, I, I don't know if you share your, your last name, but we'll just say it starts with an R, just in case. It starts with an R. People couldn't figure that <laughs> <There we> out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Blaine. So, you know, let, let's, let's get down to it. Are you someone like a lot of us Star Wars fans? I mean, is it, is it something that has been with you from birth? I mean, have you always been a Star Wars fan? Or is it something like my co-host down here that, you know, he kind of came to uh, appreciate it and recognize the franchise late in his life at like 10 years old? Late, yes. Uh, uh, no, it's definitely been since birth. I, I was born about a month before Return of the Jedi came out. Uh, and my parents were actually so pissed that they had to have a baby <laughs> at, during Return of the Jedi. Awesome. Uh, so, <laughs> so, I mean, from from day one, uh, huge, huge Star Wars fan. Um, just the imagination that went into it, I think, kind of grabs any kid. Yeah, it's just like, I mean, I, I kind of explain it to Nick. And then I, there's a part of me that kind of also appreciates people like Nick to come into it later in life because they actually, you know, they can tell a better story of like, oh, I remember I was at a friend's house. We did this. We saw Luke and it was like, ah, but for people yeah. like you and me, it is it's almost it's almost like an, an, an osmosis transference from our parents to us uh, like you. Yeah. I, I'm also a child of the 80s. I was born during Empire Strikes Back, and my parents actually went and viewed it while I was a fetus in my mother's gut. So uh, that, that's what that—that's the first Star Wars movie I ever saw. By the way, was Empire in the theaters? I at least heard it through the with an amniotic sac. Yes. Uh, all right. So basically, it's just been programmed into you since the dawn of time, or at least the dawn of Blaine. Correct. Yeah, definitely, and. Oddly enough, I've actually always had more of a tie to the toy lines than I did to the movies. Uh, I was introduced to the toys before the movies, you know, my parents being, you know, not letting me watch it till I was like six or seven. Uh, I had my dad's Star Wars toys, which became my Star Wars toys. So that, oddly enough, since we're talking about toy photography... Uh, Star Wars toys were really my first kind of head dive. All right, I mean th that's kind of where I was going. It was like, you know, what what kind of started it and, and and ultimately led to this. So, it, like a lot of us, it was getting those little, what one, two, three, four points of articulation Kenner figures. Right? Yep. <laughs> Would you also say then that you know your parents are are somewhat directly responsible uh, for the Star Wars fandom as well? 
Absolutely. Uh, and for the, the toy collecting, uh, my dad was a huge nerd and, uh, you know, had action figures everywhere, played Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, and then my mom, her obsessive compulsive disorder to need to c- complete oh, an boy. entire collection of something. Oh, boy. You, you were <laughs> perfect. Storm. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that yeah. is awesome. So, yeah, I mean, that, that's. Yeah. It, we we do. I mean, obviously, a lot of us uh, we we are shaped by our parents, whether we we like it or not. But I I, I get that. I mean, uh, my dad wasn't uh, like hardcore nerd, but hardcore collector. I mean, th- this guy would go to KB uh, Toys and buy the discounted Waterworld figures just because it was Waterworld <laughs> and they were on sale. You know what I mean? So They're amazing. Yeah, no, collecting, it, it, it does. It seems, and Nick, again, is someone that doesn't have the collecting OCD. He doesn't quite understand that pool <laughs> of forking out thousands of dollars a year to pay homage to the plastic crack gods. But I, I'm not, I'm not there yet. Matt has been slowly trying to convert me over time. And like every now and then I'll see something, you know, first it could be like a, a statue so i don't have to do anything with it it just sits there i don't need to pose it or move it or 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 make the arms go up and down i just place it somewhere and it looks cool uh but for me my sense of collecting is all around like i guess you could call them props uh i have a lot of lightsabers i think i have five lightsabers um and i'm that's kind of where my focus is now so I tried to get the Revan lightsaber when it released, but Amazon screwed me over. It was a very famous part of our show, the the trials of me not getting my Revan saber. <laughs> but uh, every now and then I'll see one of these like Hot Toys figures or I'll see one of these, you know, incredible sideshow mythos figures. And I'm like, holy shit, like m- maybe I can snag one and then just stop there. But knowing Matt for as long as I have and knowing how the addiction seeps into to your very soul, I know that it can't just stop at one. So I, it, I just don't try it. I mean, I have 50 stormtroopers sitting behind me. <laughs> it, it, it cannot. It's like a box of Pringles. It, yeah. I mean, Blaine's <laughs> Blaine's got it pretty bad because, I mean, his isn't reserved just to Star Wars. I mean, this guy is a, a pop culture of all kind collectors. Uh, you know, it makes sense that he was born in 83 because he also likes a lot of the 80s cartoon stuff, the Thundercats. I don't know if you're a Silverhawk guy, Mask, all that shit from when we were little kids. Great, great yeah. toys yeah. where the cartoons only lasted maybe a season or two, but you still got good toys out of it. But, but again, if you go to Blaine's Instagram, at Blainer Things, uh, the guy, I think, was at least once a week, you do a new toy haul video. Uh, before mm-hmm. some shithead blocked you or reported you from having for having uh, liberal values, you also would do at least a weekly live stream, either talking to other collectors, people in the industry, or just showing off new toys. Right? Yes. Yeah. So. Yeah. He. he- uh, and that was really important to. I, I'm very fortunate enough to have friends within the industry, and it, it, like you, I wanted to ch- try to highlight what goes on behind the scenes. Uh, and I chose to do that through industry professionals. Uh, so 
Yeah, yeah it's like a, like I said. I mean, again, we we still have plenty to talk about. But at Blainer Things on Instagram, uh, lots of good content. You're going to get something every day, either in story form where you you might laugh or be like, "Fuck yeah, give it to him, Blaine," or you'll <laughs> you'll see one of his creations and go, "Holy shit, how'd he do that?" Uh, so check him out at Blainer Things. All right, uh, back to Star Wars. Blaine, favorite film or trilogy do you do you, is there one of the movies they're just like that's it that's what i hang my hat on you know this movie for life or or a trilogy i mean i'm definitely a fan of the original trilogy you know bar none it's above the rest uh cinematically and i know that i have a lot of people that disagree with me but for very specific reasons my favorite film has become rogue one uh, and that's really, and like I say, I say cinematically, uh, I would say by way of trilogies and fitting within a story, Empire Strikes Back. All right. Okay. I, I have to tell you, everyone I've asked that question goes to Rogue One. Uh, yeah. But if you listen to the Star Wars fandom, Disney is nothing but a communist regime that killed Star Wars. <laughs> Yet, well, every, apparently I'm a communist. Everyone, so. everyone loves Rogue One, and everyone loves The Mandalorian. It's weird how Star Wars fans pick and choose, but you know what I mean. Uh, they're an, they're an mm. angry group. No, I mean I, I I I'm with you. Rogue One is a a very well done movie. Uh, it doesn't cheat. Well, it cheats a little bit at the end. It brings in some of the some of the big boys and girls, but for the most part, you, you don't have the magic, right? No, no space wizards. It's just the right. you know the 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 rough and tumble ragtag rebels uh, doing their thing and and making the ultimate sacrifice. And it is a it is a well done movie. If you had to pick trilogy, you, you, I think you, you you tipped your hat there. I mean, it's the OT. Yeah, oh, definitely, right. Hands or down. whatever they call it these days, Nick. What's the official designation uh, that they've changed it to? I think that's the one that they still left to Age of the Rebellion, and then within that, you have the rise yeah, of the Empire. There, there's like five it. eras now that, that have <laughs> various names and whatnot. So we, we, yeah, yeah, and yet it all revolves around three people. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> ah. the 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 Trinity, but there, you know, for me, I don't know if you if you ever felt like this. Did you feel like? With with Solo, Rogue One, and then potentially some of the cartoon series that you had a a a post prequel prequel to the original trilogy. A lot of people have been calling that out recently. Yeah, and you know, honestly, I think that as a conceptual artist, I will never knock George Lucas because he's probably one of the most in- influential conceptual artists. Uh, in my life and probably one of the greatest conceptual, I don't want to say artists cause he doesn't draw them, but uh, designers of, of our time. So I will not knock him in that regard, but I think that we are getting these post prequel prequels because Disney realizes that Lucas shouldn't have been at every helm. You know, it, there's uh, we we've we've gone over like we've essentially <laughs> written a dissertation orally about about George <laughs> and the prequels. And it's 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 kind of where you're at, Blaine. Love the guy. He is the maker. This dude literally created this universe in his mind. As Blaine said, he's he's a visionary. Yeah. Uh, I mean, visionary, created I like all these one. characters, 
the languages, the the environments. I mean, it's all stuff that was spinning around in his gray matter that he barfed out and artists, conceptual artists would would make it come to life. Uh, but as I've put out there, uh, the prequels, they're a little rough in terms of the content. He's not the best director. He's not great with <laughs> actors. He's he's sometimes not even the best at writing dialogue. Uh, and and it is it does. I'm not saying Disney's doing a full on course correction, but as I've said, watching what they did with the Clone Wars finish, seeing what they're doing with uh, Rebels and, and Solo and Rogue One, I do. I'm not saying they're kind of paving over the prequels, but they are bolstering what the prequels were trying to tell. They're they're fleshing out Anakin's turn in particular. Uh, much better. They're 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 bringing more life and, and character to the Clone Wars and having the named clones. But yeah, I mean, we're not huge fans of the prequels. I've gotten over my hate for it because I realized I was sounding just like those other jerk offs that were ready to burn down Disney over TLJ and Tross. It's like, hey, if you like it, you like it. Who gives a shit? shouldn't bother me the only thing that bothers me are the people that start throwing out that well it's because of women or your people of color or kathleen kennedy is a commie feminist it's like no 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 no. stop all that type of shit you you, you like it or you don't like it for certain reasons but who gives a fuck if someone else likes it we need to get back to respecting what opinions mean they're not fact (laughs) they're opinions okay yeah, that's so okay. And I think you know you you kind of hit the head or the nail right on the head. I don't know animals. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the prequels, I think, I don't mind the prequels because they're the foundation of, and that's all they are. Their foundation. What the Clone Wars and Rebels and Solo and Rogue One were able to do uh, was add meat to oh, the yeah. bone. Oh yeah, they're, the prequels are just bare bones. There's nothing to them. There's no substance. I love the Clone Wars, and I tell people that the Clone Wars makes the prequels bearable yeah. for me. I can go back and watch episode two knowing that that's just the foundation for the, the groundwork yeah, for that, Clone that's Wars. that's the shit and you have to get through to see all the good up. stuff take place. And yeah. See, I, I was yeah. just saying, it wasn't even, I mean, the tag that clones is always the turd of the, of the group, but it, it's almost, it's become funny. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like B movie entertaining at this point. And, and my little, little daughter loves to throw it on, you know, it's lots of visuals and flashy lights. So, you know, we've yeah. watched it, but I, I, I had the biggest hard on for revenge of the Sith. I, I hated it. I, I thought it, totally discounted the character of Anakin Skywalker. It did not show a proper turn to the dark side. It was like, oh, hey, I'm going to do the right thing and, ah, fuck it. No, I'm not. It's like, uh, no. But the Clone Wars, seeing, you know, him leave Ahsoka and then Ahsoka couldn't talk to him and then Ahsoka feeling his turn, it it has made Revenge of the Sith more uh, palatable for me. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not it's yeah. not so much of a bummer like, ah, you know, this could have been so much better because now I'm like, hey, fuck it. I know what's going on in the Clone Wars. And that that makes Hayden and everyone a OK, in my opinion. So, all right, man, let's stick with favorites. Blaine, is there a character that it's like that is my guy, my girl or my alien? Yeah, and I think it, it might be a little cliche to say, but. I mean, you look at everything from the OG up until, honestly, even with what they were able to do with Rise of Skywalker and Leia is just, 
she's up there with uh, I, I just love badass bitches you know she's <laughs> the sarah connor and the ellen mm-hmm. ripley of the star wars universe you know she was the damsel in distress that once they saved her was like give me a fucking right. gun and i'll show you yeah, how like it's you, done. you two yeah. bozos i will get us out of here yep she and, is and the-, the way that they pulled that through all the way till the end you know yeah. it was just I have to say that she's probably the most underappreciated character in the entirety of the franchise as well. Because, you know, like you said, without Leia, you don't get the formation of the rebellion. You don't get the formation of the resistance even, you know, later into the sequel trilogy. And you don't get a lot of these incredible moments that most people will sit there and quote through Star Wars. You don't get the, you know, the I love you, I know. You don't get the... Mm-hmm. You know, get that walking you know, carpet jump out down of my the way. Shoot. Yeah, <laughs> jump down the chute, fly boy. Like shit, like that just doesn't happen. And, and the dynamic between, yeah, the dynamic between those three characters is really driven by Leia and, and her portrayal from Carrie Fisher. Yeah. So, I mean, that is fantastic, fantastic answer. It, it really is. But I mean, it's like we always are going to wonder what what would have the sequel trilogy have been if she made it. Right. Uh, I, I mean, TLJ's TLJ. I, I have a question for you. Maybe we'll, uh, you know, get into that down the road. But, <laughs> but Carrie passing was the true death nail to that sequel trilogy. I mean, it, when, when you just remove yeah. that character from from the sandbox, and you have a whole other movie to tell where she was planned to be the the big oldie character. It, it, there yep. was there was no way to recover from that, and I think that speaks to what Blaine is saying: the the, the power of the princess, or you know the the, the, yeah. the general before she passed. But uh, yeah, Princess Leia for life. She that that's right where my daughter went to. I even gave my daughter the middle name Ray. She's like, "Fuck Ray, I am a Princess Leia fan." <laughs> 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 I was like, so, I, "I'm like, sorry, Charlie." Oh, in, in 2016, when you were born, TFA, everyone had like great feelings about it. We were all ready to see where yeah. these characters went, and then it's just kind of like, "Be nah, didn't didn't quite end up the way we all kind of imagined in 2015 when the credits rolled for uh, Episode Seven. But oh well. We're here. We're still alive. It is just a science fiction universe after all. Um, what? <laughs> sorry. <laughs> right? Some people don't think that. Sorry. Uh, so, Blaine, uh, for you, is there a moment in the franchise that you know just kind of stands out to you? It could be anything. It could be the cartoons, uh, books. Not that we, I like books, but I mean, if you read books, comics, movies, is there a moment that you're like, you know, this is Star Wars. This is why I love it. This is why I keep coming back for more. Uh, yeah, I think, and this is probably with most people, at least most people who kind of gravitate towards the original trilogy, keeping with that whole theme of, of Leia. Um, I think the first thing that always pops into my head when someone says Star Wars is that scene in the carbonite chamber with the I love you, I know, and she's holding Chewie, Chewie's holding her. Three POs on the back end. We've got Boba Fett, we've got Vader, we've got Han going down. It's just utterly iconic. The blue and red lighting, uh, that would be 
the moment for me. Oh, yeah. If I needed to introduce Star Wars to anyone, I'd show them that scene and they'd be like, how did they get there? What happens next? <laughs> well, we've got two hours of content to show you. So, no, I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Empire's always up there. Uh, I think my go-to, I've said a thousand times on here, I'll probably get tomatoes thrown at me, but it's the fight between <laughs> father and son in Return of the Jedi. Uh, that's, to this day, if I'm in the right mood, I'm I'm crying. I'm getting emotional. I don't know if it's It's like, it's probably deep rooted shit with my own father. It's just, it's, I'm sure Blaine understands this, but you know how like music can stir emotions in in some people. Yeah. Star Wars scenes and Williams score that accompanies those scenes can get me going. I mean, I'll I'll tell a story right here. It was Friday. Uh, so me and the little one, we're going through Star Wars Rebels, just just killing it. You know, five episodes at a clip. She loves it. And I think we're season three and we watched the episode where they kind of recruit Wedge from the Empire. Like S- Sabine mm-hmm. goes undercover. She's wearing a tie outfit and they get Wedge and they bring him back. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to show her what that meant for the rebellion. So I queue up the attack on the Death Star in A New Hope. When Red 2 calls in, I was like, see? There he is. That's because of Sabine and the Rebels. <laughs> and, and we let it play out, uh, Blaine. And as it's playing out, I start fucking crying. I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God. I'm sharing this moment with my daughter. She saw Wedge get rescued. And now she's watching Luke. And, and Red 2 is the only one left. And he had to leave because, you know, get out of here, Wedge. You can't do anything good back there. And I, dude, I was having a fucking, mo- like, it's not just like tears. It's the, <gasps> I think this is because of my dad. And, you know, when I used to watch it with him and now I'm sharing the moments with her. And I was like, <laughs> no, but I love that shit. Uh, I am a, I am a male like most men uh, that was raised to beat emotions out of you you don't show emotions you don't get sad you got to be a tough guy uh, so in my 40s now I'm, I'm coming to grips with that uh, training and whew, star wars and music can make this rock melt like i just shatter yeah and there's certain songs i can throw <laughs> on and just go down a rabbit hole of sadness but it makes me feel so i, I kind of like it you know it, it's it's tough to get emotional sometimes but I think I'm the only person here who has a moment that is that's well, I have one moment from the OT, but then I have sequel trilogy moments and I know that it's like blasphemous. I'm, I'm now. with you on the one. It's a sequel big moment. trilogy moment. I'm with you on your one. So so the trench the trench run in the original trilogy, I can watch at any time. Like the first time I saw it, it was like bum 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 bum. Oh my god, what's gonna uh, happen? Dude. Yeah, but it's just yeah. so tense. What filled. really set me off Friday, sorry Nick, was was when <laughs> Obi-Wan is like used to force Luke. Yeah. Trust yeah, feelings, let yeah. go, and yeah. and he does it, and then the the music kicks in, dun, dun, yep. dun, and I'm just like, oh my god, I'm a little boy again. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can remember. So Matt told you the story about me being ten, and that was kind of the first time I got into it. Like I'm, that's the moment that like caught me because I was at my friend's house, we're watching on VH, VHS, like. And I see, you know, I'm, I'm watching A New Hope and like, I'm interested. There's laser swords, any, anything that a 10 year old little boy would enjoy. And then that moment comes and it's like, oh my God, Darth Vader's right behind them. Are they going to make it? Is he going to make it? Because <laughs> I, I know nothing about the trilogy from that point. And like, I don't know if Luke Skywalker lives or dies or anything. I don't know anything. And like, that just like made me a fan instantly. But then 
when the sequel trilogy came out, especially when I was seeing TFA in the theaters, the, the, the moment where you're on Starkiller base in the forest, uh, you know, Kylo just cuts down Finn. You have the Skywalker family blade sitting there in the snow and he reaches for it and it shakes and he just looks confused and he reaches again and it flies, but it fly. I'm getting chills just recounting it. It flies past him and right into Ray's hands. And then the look on her face, the look on his face when she ignites that saber, that moment made me just oh, yeah. fall to pieces in the theater. It, like I was just like, oh, my God, yes, it's her. And I, like that moment will forever, no matter how much the sequel trilogy kind of did fall apart towards the end, that moment will be held in stasis for me the first time that I saw it in the theaters. And it, it does really put TFA up there as one of my favorite Star Wars movies of all time. It. it Oh yeah, the, the Force Awakens definitely is high up there, and that scene alone—I mean, the nostalgia in there—you know—you had almost an identical scene to when Luke was hanging upside down in uh, yeah. the Wampus well, Cave. Yeah, I was going to say you, you had the John Williams right. Music. You get the Skywalker yeah. theme crescendos right when it hits her yeah. hands, like dun, <laughs> yep. dun, 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 dun. it's like, oh, we got our new fucking <laughs> Jedi. <laughs> yep. but she wasn't trained how could she hold the lightsaber like that she wasn't trained by a man sorry I, that's, I, I sometimes I, that, that's how I, I act out the Star Wars trolls I, I like I get triggered by that stuff it's PTSD <laughs> alright good good stuff here it's oh, always man. fun to talk about what, what gets us crying over Star Wars so you'll, you'll see Nick one day or, or Blaine if you guys procreate as Tones is saying in the chat here, it, it fucks you up. I mean, having kids in general fucks you up. But emotionally, especially when you start sharing some of your passions, my God, it's something else. But I, I, I may have went a little too hard Friday because uh, we, we got into like some uh, – it was getting in the episode of Rebels where you know Maul is fully back into it and he needed Ezra to do the holocron thing because uh, mm-hmm. you know, he's still looking for Obi-Wan. He is fucking obsessed with Obi-Wan. Uh, and he gets that, and I'm like, ooh, Charlie, who do you think he's looking for? Who's Who Who do you think he meant when he said, ooh, he's still alive? And she's like, I don't know, I don't know. I'm like, how do you not know this? How do you not know? <laughs> it's Obi-Wan Kenobi. How do you not know? So I, I threw on the Phantom Menace to where he cuts him in half. I was like, look, you remember this? And she's like, I don't know. And I guess that night when she went to bed, she's like, Mommy, can we get the Star Wars encyclopedia? I need to study again. And that's where I know... <laughs> Bad dad. That's where dad fucked up. That might have been one, Bad one, one too many IPAs. I might have got a little aggressive on the Star Wars training, but you know she still loves me. I think. All right, Blaine. As we uh, kind of transition <laughs> into uh, your your art forms, a few more questions on Star Wars, though. Um, and this is where mm-hmm. you can kind of air your grievances. So, have oh. any of the films or animated series just not sat too well with you? Not to the point where you're like an internet troll going crazy, ready to burn down KK's house or something like that. But we're just like, man, that could have been way better. Yeah. And I think in that respect, because I fly off the handle quite often, (laughs) uh, I don't really turn into a troll when it comes to Star Wars most of the time. And I will say, uh, once people actually hear me out on my two grievances they kind of at least see my point uh the last jedi 
there are amazing scenes in that movie, visually stunning. Uh, there are some really kind of quality plot points in there. As the middle movie to a trilogy, something that needed to continue a story from the previous movie and lead into a completion of the next movie, it fails utterly. It's just not, if I feel like they should have let that guy do one of the standalone movies. Uh, it just does not fit in to a saga. And then, well, the other one isn't really a grievance, but the rise of resistance, is that the, no, the, just oh, resistance, the resistance, the car- star war. Yeah. The cartoon series. Utter fucking trash. <laughs> Whoa. I watched three You don't like Kaz, man? You don't like Kaz? Come on, Dave Filoni, it was a part of it. You have to love it. What a terrible, what a great concept and terrible execution. It was was definitely more child-friendly than anything that we've ever seen before. And I'll say that, like... It was. It's funny because that was one of the first things that Matt and I ever choose to do. Chose to do standalone. Oh podcasts yeah, we, we did. On. We, we did, did resistance breakdown <laughs> casts. Blaine, where were you? You would have yeah. loved those. <laughs> yeah, you did listen to those. But uh, pull I them mean, up in our archives. While, yeah, a- after a while, it does kind of get to the point where, I mean, it, it starts off a little kiddie, and I think in the middle. Um, there are some good episodes that give you context into like, you know, leading into the end of TFA, beginning of TLJ, stuff like that. But overall, in comparison to the other two animated series that we have, Rebels and Clone Wars, it's, it, it, it really it, doesn't yeah, it, hold it, it the candle. It didn't catch on. I mean, I, I did appreciate it. Clearly, it lasted, what, two seasons? Well, that, that's all they, that's all they, they were only having it run in conjunction with the sequel trilogy. Like, it, it timed out gotcha. leading into the last yeah. movie. Uh, yeah. Is that what they tell you? Yeah, I mean, that, that's what the press release said. But I'll, I'll, I'll always yeah. be a, a fan of Kaz. He was an interesting lead character, if anything else. But uh, your TLJ points, Blaine, we've we've made those over and over. Uh, yeah. And really, we, we blame the, the, the studio heads, Bob Iger. Uh, these people sat down and they're like, hey, we're going to make a trilogy. But instead of giving it to one person and letting it be a cohesive vision, we're going to hire three different artists. By the way, they're artists, so right. they're going to want to do their own thing. And we're going to let them write their own mm-hmm. script and direct it. Good idea, yeah. yeah. And uh, you yeah. said exactly what what we've highlighted that that doesn't work. Uh, I mean, the right. originals. George was involved in every movie, but he didn't direct and write them. He would do one or the other exactly. and just hang out. Uh, and, exactly. and it should have it should have either been Colin, JJ, or Ryan should have had all three. Uh, be, yeah. Because yeah. TLJ, in terms of a film, it's a well made film. Standalone, mm-hmm. it's it's not bad. But as Blaine pointed out, and I've said a million times, it, it doesn't flow. Tross, therefore, doesn't flow. JJ tried to overwrite some of the, the stuff in eight to get what he wanted to do. And it just, as Nick said, it, it pittered out. And it, it was disappointing because we all had high hopes. And it's now in my lifetime, I've gone through two Star Wars trilogies and have been let down by the end. Uh, and that's that's never a great feeling. But hey, we, we got Mando. We got this slate of Disney Plus shows coming out. Life is still good. Tyke is on yes. the scene. Patty's on the scene. I just hope she doesn't make a Wonder Woman 84 for Rogue Squadron because that will suck. <laughs> it's, it's, 
I just saw 84. It's bad, right? And it's not good. We, like, and Taylor, you know, Taylor Blaine's had to face watch says Wonder it all. Woman. He loved it. You can tell. Yeah, yeah but, so my girlfriend Taylor had never seen Wonder Woman 1, so we watched Wonder Woman 1. She was like, that was really good. I enjoyed it. And then two days later, we watched 84, and we're like, 45 minutes in the movie and I text Matt and I'm like, man, nothing has really happened yet. And then Taylor's just sitting there like, I can tell when she's not interested because she starts moving around a lot. She's like laying on the floor. Getting on the phone. She's like moving around she's on the checking apps. She's like, when is something going to happen? I'm like, I agree with you. This is just yeah. not good. I mean, the only, the only good thing about it is, is a, I mean, Gal Gadot is a goddess. Uh, I mean, Jesus, mm-hmm. that white dress she wears in that one scene, it's like, ooh. Uh, and then Pedro, I mean, he he's he's a stud too. He did a really and, you know, good he's job. like, you get a wish, you get. I mean, he's always he's great doing that kind of over the top uh, '80s yeah. TV guy. Uh, but outside of that, that, it was just a it was a letdown. <laughs> it was about forty five minutes yeah, too long. You cut forty five minutes of bullshit out of that movie, and then you probably yeah. have a a legit decent follow up to the original Wonder Woman. But you know that that I, I really do hope that that Rogue Squadron, Patty Jenkins takes it up to another level. I know that she's invested because her father was a fighter pilot. So mm-hmm. I think that'll make her even more passionate towards what the project is. Yeah, I'm excited to see the detail that goes into that because of of that fact specifically. Yeah. All right, Blaine, kind of getting into the hobby itself. I mean, in the in the live chat here, we get a lot of IGers, a lot from the toy photography community. They're the ones that are usually most vocal, which shouldn't surprise anybody. You know, anyone that does the toy photography, they got a little bit of edge to their personality, I would say, right? We're all saying, hey, look at me, look at me, look at me. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Blaine, would you say, I mean, outside of all your other pop culture influences, because if you look at Blaine's page, I mean, he, he covers Marvel, DC, uh, wrestling, I believe, is a line he does as well, or you used to do uh, wrestling figures. Mm-hmm. Uh, but would you say kind of your Star Wars fandom and just how you grew up loving the pop culture, did that lead into... Uh, kind of the the arts you've gotten into, which I would say you're you're a digital artist, you're a concept artist, and you are a photographer. Is that fair? Sure. I I actually never really see myself as a photographer, um, but I just really wanted an outlet to show off. I just wanted an excuse to play with toys as an adult. Let's no, be you're real. Right. I mean, that's you that's know, what right? we all say. I just wanted to pose the toys yeah. and and create these scenes. You know, I'm I'm a conceptual artist. I wanted to create these scenes and I have all of these toys, so why not use it? Uh, um, but yeah, yeah. Did, did you start I, like I most like of us where, you know, it was just, hey, I got a new toy. I'll take a picture of it in the box or out of the box. You just left it alone. Then you're like, ooh, I just saw this guy, this one six shooter. He's using lights on them and shit. Oh, I'll try that. And oh, this guy, this plastic action. Oh, he's holy shit. He's got one floating in the air. I mean, did it did it kind of progress from just yeah, I, I collect stuff. Here's here's a new haul. To yeah, let's start playing with these things. Yeah, I actually, um, and I'm not sure how many. It's like the new generation. It's the prequel generation of toy photographers. <laughs> there is like a whole new. Um, cr- uh, there, there is. Cause it- and I, uh, I guess self-proclaimed, and I don't mean this to say that I was good by any means because it was like with an iPhone 2. Um, but I'm one of like the OG toy photographers. I've been doing toy photography for about eight oh, years. Oh, yeah, you would be. Because I was going to. 
I, to me, I got in 1516, and that's when I feel like things really started to gain steam. Like around 2016, yeah. it seems like you start to see the bigger accounts, the more the more advanced work. And then, like you said, we have, it seems like every year a new generation shows up and is, is getting in the game. Uh, so, if, yeah, if you've been doing this for eight years, you, you definitely go on the Mount Rushmore of toy photography. <laughs> I mean, and back then it really was just people p- taking pictures of toys. Yeah. You know, now it has become, which I love. I'm, I'm so grateful for the people who have come since then uh, because it's really shown that you can – you can do art. You can be an artist. You can create uh, pieces, not just. You can get. I mean, shit. You toys. can get hired. I mean, there there are right. people in the community now. I mean, literally. I, I believe Plastic Action. I don't know if Blaine's ever been commissioned. I, I think One Six has been commissioned. I mean, but they're having companies. I think Plastic Action Footlocker paid them to do like a big toy shoot for one of their lines yeah. using toys. Yeah. Uh, and we're not. You know, we're not just getting like these commissions to do things. Um, I actually, so to backtrack and answer your question, I had gotten my start, uh, taking pictures of toys that I was customizing. I, I started as a toy Ah. customizer and I would, and I would take pictures. uh, There's a God, you can look it up if you want to Mm -hmm. figure realm.com. And it it was basically just a, a site to showcase custom pieces. And, uh, one of my closest friends uh, on Instagram, Action Figure Attack, he was like, well, why don't you put them in these scenes, cre- recreate scenes to make them, uh, to make people want them more, want to see them more, want to buy your customs, things like that. So that's how I got my start in toy photography. And to answer your follow-up about getting hired, uh, Action Figure Attack, Steve Ozer, uh, started as a toy photographer and news outlet on Instagram. And through that, I mean, obviously through his life once and everything has become a marketing manager at Mattel working full stop, (laughs) creating content uh, for and creating toys. So it's, it's really phenomenal the way that it has. It's a phenomenon. It's taken off and, and industry professionals are putting you know, stupid little Instagram toys up on these big screens at Comic-Con and you see your name up there. And, uh, I, I went to a toy company for a tour and was talking to some of the artists and saying, you know, Oh, this is what I do as a hobby. Oh, do you have any work? And I showed, I showed my Instagram, like, this looks really familiar and walked over and showed another guy. And he was like, Oh, at the time I was just Blainer. Like, oh, you're Blainer on Instagram, aren't you? I'm like, what? Yeah, look at this. And found out that like this, like people working in the studio followed me. So yeah, it's just, it's remarkable. Um, and I think it's a symbiotic relationship. I think that the industry sees the potential. It's free marketing. Oh yeah. You know, um, so the industry sees the potential in highlighting these people to promote their product which sells more product, which gets these people to want to buy more product, to take more pictures, to sell more product. So are you, are you partnered with anyone at this point? I mean, are you at that level where a, a manufacturer will, you know, either, either send you product or, or send you cashola, uh, to, to do a shoot? Uh, so I have never received cash to do a toy photography shoot. Uh, I am fortunate enough to be 
on a few small influencer lists. So I will receive toys here and there uh, with obviously you'll get like a paper and say, shoot these, use these hashtags, things like that. Uh, and then I do work contractually with people, but I'll keep that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're, yeah, it is mysterious. Too many haters. It is so. mysterious what you do in real life. Like I, I don't know. Like I, I, I feel like you just you know you get to play with your toys and draw and 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 post your stories. But I'm I'm assuming you have a Clark Kent to your your Blainer things uh, superhero personality, <laughs> right? Yes, uh, and and that I think I'm pretty okay revealing. So, um, I've I've kind of evolved to moving into the toy industry professionally, hopefully whoever's watching now, uh, I'm moving into, <laughs> I'm moving into working in that oh, industry. Cool. Uh, but I have had a very lucrative 20 year career, uh, in hair design and education. So that is my Clark Kent. Um, I've been fortunate enough to literally travel the country and, and go into, uh, salons and, kind of hair shows our version of comic-con really so like you're yeah you're so sought after in that industry they're like hey let, let's fly blaine in and we'll really show people how to fucking do this right it never feels like that <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's really when people say that i'm like oh shit they yeah really, man be proud i mean they, nick and i yeah. we, we don't we don't have hair anymore so it's really no nope, yeah both, we can't both we can't get a blainer thing style but uh, that is that is cool man hey i did you i'm an educator myself and there's there's no better profession in my opinion especially with the schedule but i, I love yeah i love trying to teach for the most part <laughs> some people i some people i <laughs> You know, it's, it's a little more effort and, and struggle than I'd like, but I, I do like to teach. So, no, that's cool. Did you ever try to, to to pivot your, like, your hairstyling career into, like, a, into, like, the movie realm? So, like, you're working with, like, on a set or something like that and doing the Yeah, man, let's get you for, on Mando season three. Apparently, they're, yeah, they're, you they're know. filming in April. Let's go. Yeah, you can yeah. do Bo-Katan's hair or you can do Casca's hair or something like that. Was that ever a desire or was it looked at as more of like a, I don't want to mix my job and my pleasure together? Yeah, so um, quick, I'll, I'll go as fast as possible. Quick fun backstory is most families of cosmetologists, of hairdressers, when you hear a hairdresser tell their background story, a lot of times it's, well, my parents wanted me to go to college I chose beauty school or I went to college first, then I went and did beauty school. I was actually the opposite. I really wanted to go to art school. My parents are fourth generation Americans, uh, have lived in the same small town their entire lives. My mother has been on an airplane literally four times in her entire life. So they were saying, you know, oh, there aren't really any art jobs around here. So why don't you go to beauty school? get licensed, and then you can always go back to art school and have a career Look to work that. through and, and to fall back on. Uh, so I did that and kind of was held back by this small town mentality for, for many, many years. And my dream, as you can see in the middle screen, uh, was to design costumes and hair uh, looks head to toe for movies. So not necessarily doing the hairstyling on set, but designing what hair and costume and makeup would look like. Okay. Uh, and, and yeah, throughout my career, um, 
probably not a surprise to many. I have very staunch political stance. Uh, <laughs> and I, you know, through my career, I was able to, for example, I worked with uh, a fashion designer, Pierre Moss, and a singer, Erica Badu. Oh, yeah. If you guys know them. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was able to, to style hair um, for New York Fashion Week for that. Yeah. And that was really amazing because Pierre amazing. Moss, it, it was an actual political statement within his fashion show. Uh, he actually... Was it? It's either Kamala or, yeah, I think Kamala uh, showed up in in a Pierre Mars jacket the day of the inauguration. So that was really neat and be like, oh, I know that Heck guy. Yeah, dude. Uh, <laughs> see, I told you he is yeah, a man so, of many talents. Told you. <laughs> it's all art. You it know? really, it uh, is though. Really, it really is. When people say like, oh, you know, why don't you do more art? Because I I have started to do more in by way of, you know, conceptual design and art and, and do like freelance and commission and stuff. Uh, but people are like, why didn't you ever do anything with your art? And like, well, I did. Hair was just my medium for the, the longest time. So that's a good point. Yeah, sometimes you don't think about that, but it is an art form, just like uh, designing costumes, uh, designing a set. Yeah. I mean, it, it is an all an art. And I never thought I had any art in me either. And I still question if I do, but it is, it is a fun release to, <laughs> Line up the little guys, do a shoot, and uh, see if the Instagram algorithm will honor you that particular share or not. Uh, so you did. Uh, did you f- finish art school then? I mean, are, do do you have like a, a two year, a four year? I mean, are you an official art school grad? So I have a vocational degree. Uh, so basically, like a tech school yeah. in commercial arts. And then uh, I was planning, actually, over quarantine, I had applied uh, to a toy design program, and they kept saying next semester they're going back in person, and it was too far from where I currently live, so I was not able to do that. But yeah, it's been something where I've been trying to go back for more kind of specific what I want to do. Yeah, because I mean, like like Blaine said, if you're on the live stream, and if you're not, we uh, implore you to check out uh, the Star Wars Time Show on YouTube. You can uh, this whole live stream will be recorded. You can check it out and see all the visuals. Uh, but what, what we're looking at here is Blaine's concept of Benedict Cumberbatch as Grand Admiral Thrawn, uh, and it just I mean, first and foremost, as as someone that loves art, and this is what we'd call real ass paint, by the way, on the Star Wars Time Show. <laughs> Uh, we're, we're morons, we're cavemen, and rather <laughs> trying to figure out all the different art forms, you know, watercolors or vector art, it's just real ass paint. Um, so first and foremost, <laughs> what we're looking at is it's just really quality artwork. Uh, because to me, Nick and Blaine, I'm, I'm, you could probably clarify, but it, it's got like this, it's got a cell shaded visual style to it. Uh, it kinda, think like, think like Borderlands like or a, something like that. Like it, I was going to say, if you've ever played Borderlands, it does kind of feel like a character that you could just plop it, right into Borderlands. It would fit. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not saying it's cartoony because I mean, shit. The the, the dude drew Benedict's face just yeah, like the face Benedict's is face. Perfect. Uh, you could say cartoony. It's a, I'm I'm definitely not like I wouldn't call myself like a realistic artist. I. I it's weird because aside from conceptual art, um, like my own kind of style is very animated slash cartoony, yeah, uh, it's just, comic booky. 
it, okay. it's like I said, I mean, it, it has it to me. It's 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 got the cell shaded look where it, it's very yeah. vibrant. No, not an insult. It, it's vibrant. It pops. It. Uh, you know, you got a, a nice depth of field in the piece to really make Ben stand out. But is you know, I look at this and I'm like, all right, hire the guy. You know, fucking sign him up. Let's go, <laughs> Lucasfilm. Here we go. I mean, look look at this one. Look at his 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 Bo Katan, and and mind you, he dropped this on May seventeenth. This is when uh, Katie's uh, inclusion was still rumored, even though right here at the Star Wars Time Show, we told you it was going to happen, <laughs> and it did. But look, look at what he did. Look at what he did. I mean, that was. It, it's like they like, fucking stole perfect. his idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you know, obviously, I can't take too much credit because I did base it off of the Rebels look. Um, I will say maybe just my knack of, or maybe my career, I, I will give myself credit and pat myself on the back. Her hair is much better in my concept design than, <laughs> than the wig that we got it on the show. It was a little stiff, wasn't it? On the show. Just, just throwing it yeah, out there. It, it didn't quite <laughs> flow. And, and again, we just learned, I mean, Blaine would know he's a professional and I, I agree. <laughs> the one thing off on Katie as live bow was her hair for sure. But look at that. I mean, look, but I, lo- I loved it's spot on Blaine. Take your credit. Pound uh, yeah, your chest. Yeah. I mean, that <laughs> is no, a it's... fucking spot on concept for what we got. And, and we're talking, yeah. uh, what, six months prior, seven months almost. Yeah. I mean, we had no screenshots. We had no set photos. We had nothing. And you essentially drew the the pitch perfect version of what we got on the show. And, and here's another one that, that caught my eye. Bingo. And look, everyone, he drew the uh, necktails okay. past gonna, her breast. This is so where I was going to go. all of you let's, happy. Let's get into the controversy. <laughs> let's get into the controversy, Blaine. When you saw the episode started. with Ahsoka in it and she had the shorter uh, Leku. Oh, he hated it. How you know mad he hated were you? <laughs> he was ready to burn down Lucasfilm. I, I was pissed because it took me out of the story. Okay. Um, I wanted to stay because here's what happens when you're watching science fiction and fantasy. There are certain things that ground you within the world to make you believe that that world is real. And when movies in any Marvel has started to do it and it's pissed me off, Star Wars does it and it pisses me off, when it takes you out of the moment and you're thrown out of that vortex, suddenly it's, oh crap, like I'm not believing it now and now I'm focused on that instead of focusing on the storyline. So the first time I watched the episode, I was so focused because we watched ahsoka from childhood and then we had her in rebels and even in clone wars we have that that episode where she sees her older self yeah so we know that her species as they grow they get the horns get larger the the whatever i'm terrible with names get longer Nick knows them all um, was it the the leku and the the, the neku the leku. Mantles or whatever. There you go. See, Blaine Blaine knew it too. He knew it too. He just didn't want to say it. (laughs) (laughs) I've heard. You can be as nerdy as you want on there. Nobody's going to judge you. Um, You know, it was it was disappointing, and it took me out of it. And I've gone back and watched the episode, and I think Rosario Dawson does a phenomenal job um, as an older version of Ahsoka. But yes, it definitely took me out of it, and I think that. I understand why they didn't make them as long as with Rebels. I mm-hmm. thought that their excuse was valid to a point, but I thought that they were also using it as a crutch. Um, because as you can see in in 
my drawing that's up on the screen, they're not as long as they were in Rebels. I did that purposely. I thought that they were a little. Yeah, you're right. In Rebels, they almost like go past their waist. I mean, they they are they are very long. And and in and in the flash forward scene in Clone Wars, they were like shock tease level. Uh, And I didn't want that. I wanted something because I like when I'm doing a conceptual design, I think of the functionality. And I was thinking of the functionality of her fighting as a live action actress and how that would work. Um, Yeah, because that that was their big, that's why they said they couldn't do it. It was the weight of the headset and the stunts. And that's why they wouldn't be able to be as big as they were in Rebels. But it's also a bullshit excuse because we saw like <laughs> what was her name in Jabba's Palace, Ula, yeah. the 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 Twi'lek. You slave. got her, man. We saw that actress in 1983, and then again in the she reprised her role in the she, special she edition. Whipping, we saw her dancing around, yeah, right, whipping that head back um, and forth. We saw in season one of The Mandalorian, we saw the blue Twi'lek, uh, where they went to like save his brother. Yep. Uh, hers were as long as, and I did it purposely. Hers were as long as Ahsoka's are in the picture that I drew, and she was fine. Um, so yes, I get that they didn't, they couldn't be like overcumbent because of stunts and and the weight of it. Um, but I think that they scaled it. Sorry, back we, we a just we got a comment far. in the stream where basically they said Nick and I are stupid and Blaine is the best. <laughs> Utah yeah, <no>. Don <laughs> says, I didn't mind it and kind of like, thought you all, Star Wars fans in general, were being babies about it. But Blaine's point about details that can take a viewer out of the story is a damn good point. <laughs> there you go. Oh, <laughs> a lot of the complainer yeah. things, TM. <laughs> complainer uh, things. I love it, dude. <laughs> have, uh, it's. It has good points, right. but people don't want to hear points. Exactly. I mean, Nick and them, I, we 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 dedicated a segment to punching people in the face that got so <laughs> upset about Ahsoka's shit in the Mandalorian because we're like, listen, <laughs> and, like like get over it. it. It's fucking Star Wars. I did. I will say when that was the one one of the episodes uh, that I had watched, and. I think very, very soon afterwards was when you had asked me to to be a guest. And I was like, are they baiting me? He's like, fuck because these guys. Because I definitely complained about no. Ahsoka. And here they are telling like everyone to stop being pussies. <laughs> like, hmm. no. That's, that's, like, that's I, my brand of Star Wars. And let me, let me just go. Because I told Matt, too. I was like, man, it, it bothered me a little bit, but I got past it. And I guess I didn't do a good enough job of breaking it down like you did, Blaine. Uh, and look, now Nick, Nick, Nick's, Nick's trying why? to uh, clean up his mess. It's, <laughs> it's fine. It's, I, it's like I, I said, it's, it's differences of opinion. I'm just someone where I did kind of like I think Kung Fu said it best. He's like, I'm glad I can just still watch stuff and not let little nuances completely ruin it for me. Uh, it's all about the details for well, me. Well, it makes sense now that we're learning more about you. I mean, if you are someone that yeah. that knows uh, conceptual design, uh, especially up in the head area, how things should flow, of course. And no, we don't think you're stupid for getting a little upset at it. You know, because you, you, you at least said you went back and watched it and realized that, hey, in the end, Rosario was still awesome. It was still great to get the yeah. character in live yeah. action. You're the, and you're not a, you're not the typical you're not a shithead. Complainer. I mean, that, the, I, I yeah. get angry at shitheads. 
Okay, just like you get you, egg. You're not the baby with the bathwater kind of person. Right. Like you know, <laughs> think about think about my the way I deal with Star Wars fans. It's it's akin to how you deal with conservatives and the MAGA type. Uh, I just what are they conserving? Uh, it, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I mean that the conservatism in that party just is an oxymoron at this point yeah. in time. But anyways, you know what I mean? Like I, I get the same type of passion, and a lot of times it's you know I'm 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 cutting a promo. We're we're doing a show, my friend. Sometimes for four fucking hours for free. <laughs> I'm not just gonna sit here and be like, yeah, I agree. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, you're right. right. No, I'm I'm gonna get a little fucking goofy, and I might chase some people off. Although, uh, OAC participated in the question of the week that's the first time since i uh, dressed him down in episode 142 so he may- yeah, so sometimes it's a little too he personal, may be making oh that. yeah I've, I've gotten personal enough to where someone <laughs> hit me up and was like hey man that was fucked up i'm i'm not gonna listen to the show anymore it's like oh well i mean hey that's that's your yeah. that's your opinion but uh, it is what it is just one time yeah Good for well, you. Well, I'm sure there's a lot more. They just didn't <laughs> come and tell me that I've ruined yeah, their day. Yeah, they didn't just tell us. They just stopped. Yeah, I felt bad a little I bit, did. but I, I, I don't. I, I feel like they have to tell me. Oh, you, <laughs> and I'll just say, like, then, then why are we here? Why, why are you? Why did you even let me know? Just un, as a matter of fact, let me do the honors. Yeah, the, the old I block. love that Instagram has an unfollow button where you can force another page to unfollow <laughs> your page i just discovered it in the last year and it's my favorite i'm telling you my friends check them out on Love instagram it. hit up his stories uh, <laughs> i don't know if they'll it, be as entertaining if the world kind of unfucks itself over these next couple years but I, i'm sure there will still be people coming for him and the kraken will be well, then, released <laughs> <laughs> and then you know and then it goes to something else it is yeah. something uh, and and i really like and i forget who coined the phrase complainer things um it's kind of my shtick, and I enjoy it, and it is for entertainment hey, purposes. I don't walk around like see like Star this. Wars time show um, people. It people can kind of amp things up online, and it's not yeah, exactly who they are. Thank you. <laughs> and listen, Mama didn't raise no yeah. fool. It gets more likes. Fuck yeah, all of the shit comments I yes. got on that. 15,000 yes whatever drove post. the algo um ig was like look this is some hot people. shit go 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 yeah right <laughs> i started thanking people i'm like you know my friends will be like why are you even engaging you're 30 <laughs> comments deep i'm like because engagement yes. is what promotes alg- promotes your post in algorithm so i i started thanking these maggots <laughs> when they're coming, I'm yeah. like, thank you so He's much right. for bringing more awareness to this post. I mean, the, the and, Captain and America is, is going to hit 15,000, <laughs> and I would wager that is your your biggest reach of all time, right? Or no? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because down. of I think as last a, time as, I looked, it was it was it was approaching 800 comments. Now 400 of those are probably Blaine <laughs> yelling at people and replying to <laughs> so, them. Yeah. But um, it had gone over a thousand <laughs> comments. I deleted. Uh, the death threats okay. I deleted right away. Okay. Um, Good uh, job, people. I would have a conversation, and then you know, when I when I said my piece and it was entertaining enough for my story, I just delete that thread. <laughs> uh, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm actually See, pissed at myself. They're only good for the I'm moment. I'm pissed at myself, and and the rest of you Blainer thinks fans should be pissed at us too for keeping Blaine off of Instagram now for almost an hour, which means I'm going to be missing out on my story content at the end of the show. What are we missing? I don't know. <laughs> You're going to post something. I'm going to be, I, I'm not fucking around Blaine. 
When I hit that app and I go to the Haywood Pop account, the first thing I do is look at the top and to see if you've got color on your story circle, because I know that means you posted something new. And I, you know, I'm not I that big it. of a soccer, <laughs> but I I love your story content. I can't help it. I I take pleasure nice. in watching idiots get clobbered by intelligent people, even when the idiots don't <laughs> know that they're just they look so stupid. That's the best part. And and Blaine yep. is one of the best at just sometimes doing it a nice way and pointing out that they're really fucking dumb, but also kicking them right in the balls and pulling their underwear over their head and reminding them that they're (laughs) stupid. So I give it a chance. You know, I I try to be somewhat mature. (laughs) I just Um, like all the the ones recently like, Hey man, why you gotta be political? Just go back to playing with your toys. And he's like, it's a fucking shot of toys. You idiot. And it's like, yeah. yeah, he was like, um, don't be political. Stick to taking pictures of action figures. This is a picture of an action figure. Uh, all right, man. Of Captain America, who was invented exactly. to be political. Exactly. As a political exactly. figure. Oh, yeah. Star Wars fans, I mean, they get me the most. You take away science fiction, what do you have left? Right. Yeah, it is a political commentary. <laughs> that is exactly I mean, the, the early is. films were more or less as George's commentary on Vietnam. I mean, that's what supposedly the Ewoks were all about. I mean, they were the Vietnamese right. and yeah, but Hey man, we, we, we know not all people can be as intelligent as this triumvirate on the star Wars time show right now. <laughs> and, and I'm a fucking idiot. So what does that say for the people <laughs> it's, that it's a, uh, but we don't think you're an idiot Blaine, but I, oh, I know, I know exactly <laughs> what you. you're saying. It, it, it does lead you to believe that it doesn't matter what happens now. We're all fucked. We had uh, 75 million of these motherfuckers in this country, so watch out. All right, let's get off of the, the, the political shit. Back to Star Wars. Blaine, um, the concept of Ahsoka, is this the one that got picked up by Rosario, or was that your, your digital edit? It, it, it was the concept. She did share uh, my first digital edit, edit of Which her I think I as Ahsoka. have up. Um, but yeah, the the concept work was was shared by her, and that was phenomenal. That's um, always that, that was that has to feel amazing. Yeah, it used to happen a lot. Like back in the heyday of Instagram, I would do conceptual designs, and and the actors and actresses would would reshare a lot uh, and like and comment. Um, and then it stopped because Instagram got insane. So when it happens. Um, I, I believe Katie Sackhoff had also shared. That was like a moment for me. Katie Sackhoff is, I'm a huge Battlestar oh, Galactica yeah. fan. And, and Same. Oh, I need to go back oh, and rewatch. Lord. It's been about 10 years since I, I watched. Uh, I do it annually. It's an annual watch? the entire yeah. series. Yep. Do you do, you do like the, the official chronological watch where it's like some of the TV movies are supposed to be moved before the seasons? Or do you just go in, in our chronological release order? Uh, there are times where I, I try to do chronological uh, and there are times where I'm watching and it just goes right into the next part yeah. of the season. Uh, and instead of like, you know, taking it out and be like, OK, I have to turn on Razor. Yes, yeah, you, you know exactly um, what I'm talking about. It's it's the Razor doesn't technically fit in their timeline right. as it did in our timeline when it got released. Yes, we are nerds. Right. We are hardcore. But the, Razor is the rogue one of Battlestar Galactica. There you go. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, I, I love that too. But you know, Katie's excellent. Uh, it's it's awesome to have her in Star Wars in, in multiple formats now. I mean, we got her yeah. the, the yeah, tune yeah, version absolutely. and live action. But right now, Blaine, I have the 
the you call their digital customs, and this is something that I don't know too many people that do this. What what Blaine does at Blainer Things on Instagram, he does digital customs, and he's got this one that he uh, dropped in December 2020 of Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka. And I'm going to mm-hmm. kind of flip over to the process, but if you're looking at the live stream, my friends, he took the Clone Wars era Ahsoka, I believe it looks like, mm-hmm. and yep. somehow magically superimposed Rosario's face on there. Was it from another figure? Or did yeah, you grab the, it like uh, a Luke Cage, uh, the Marvel Legends? Uh, she played Claire in, in the Netflix defender yes. series mm-hmm. um so there was a luke cage claire two pack um and that was a rosario dawson action figure so i just exactly what you said i i superimposed her face i shot them both in the same position same lighting and then superimposed her face and then sat there and procreate and drew um you know her her face tattoos recolored oh, yeah. her skin so i have like uh, the other great thing about falling at blainer things is almost always drops his process so you'll get the shot and then you swipe uh what we're looking at now is kind of the time-lapse video of his edits to take that hasbro uh, ahsoka and turn it into his digital custom of at rosario that's playing right now on the screen and it is amazing i think that's what i wanted to get into because you know i i've i've had jason on before at work more or less and we were talking about you and you know that's where yeah one day i got to get blaine on the show and now we we finally made it is almost a year later but we did it <laughs> we did it we have goals here at the star wars time show and we check them off it's just slow sometimes uh but but yeah these digital edits let me pull up one of the another one that was quite impressive as we're looking at his sabine concept art and you, you with his Sabine concept, he's actually fan casted uh, Jamie Chung in the role uh, of Sabine. Uh, you can check that out. That's on the screen now. But I want to get to one of his other digital customs. It's the Rogue One kind of team shot Blaine. I don't know if you remember this one. It was from August. Yes. Yep. This, this one is is very impressive because, I mean, it, it looks like you took... I forget who played Bayes, but it looks like you took an actual shot of him on set and grafted it onto the Black Series um, Bayes figure. Yeah, so what I did with them, actually for all of them, uh, was I took reference photos of the actual actors and I did what we in the art business uh, call a paint over. So I took those photo references and I digitally placed them onto the face and then on a new layer drew over it. I kind of painted, painted it to blend crazy. with the, with the action figures. That, yeah, and this comes is- from, like I said, I got my start customizing figures. And unfortunately two years ago, I feel like I bring this up all the time. Maybe I should see a therapist. Uh, <laughs> I, my house had burned down. Lost oh, all I remember that. Yeah. I remember belongings. seeing that on, on Instagram. And I had a lot of just art tools that I had accumulated over the years. And it would just be so much to go back and buy and go back. And I think about the hundreds and hundreds of dollars I spent on loose figures from eBay just to customize them. Um, and I was seeing what I've been doing on Procreate. I, I went digital to try to go green uh, about a year and a half ago stop drawing on paper and, and wasting the paper and go with procreate. Um, so I was seeing what I was able to do with those. And I said, well, 
I really miss customizing figures. And I would have people hit me up on Instagram and say, hey, do, do you custom figures anymore? Um, and I kind of just had a light bulb go off. And, and like you said, I, it was something that I don't see anyone do. And I was like, well, well, I, I actually have an idea that's original for once. Uh, so, yeah, so I started doing what I love to do and customizing I've, I've figures, pulled up an, another a recent one here and it's your uh, brown eyes. It's your, your, your yeah. custom yes. of, of Din Djarin in the episode was at S2 E7 where he, he drops the bucket and just kind of has that, you know, deer and headlights look. And uh, this one, you, I believe you used some Han Solo hair, the actual uh, Din figure, but I'll, I'll tune to the video on the live stream so you can see it. But you can see how he colors in the helmet because that's just a white tank trooper helmet, tank commander helmet. Mm -hmm. It is crazy to, to, to see your process play out. How long, Blaine, does something like looking at brown eyes, start to finish, how long does that take? Uh, the brown eyes one. Because this is, editing. I'm sorry, this is one of your more practically set up shots, right? You actually even had... Yes. Because if people haven't noticed, if you're not on the live stream again, check them out at Blainer Things on Instagram and, and look at some of his behind the scenes. But if you, if you haven't noticed at this point, Blaine almost sh does everything digitally in terms of he'll shoot his figures against like a fucking Coke can and then wipe mm -hmm. out the background <laughs> and, and paint. It looks like he almost paints in an actual background. So you do almost all of your work. Uh, on your your iPad, right? I mean, uh, almost all your stuff is yes. typically uh, digitally rendered, created. You you paint, you add to it, uh, you, you superimpose this, that, and the other thing. But this one, you actually did set up some sort of practical background, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. And right along with your last uh, episode, that is a space wall by Galactic Trading Post uh, and uh, some of the barrels and stuff. Um, and yeah, I did... The setup. So the setup really didn't take long. Um, setting that up, it was a pretty simple scene. Uh, so that probably only took about 20 minutes to a half hour to set up and then shooting it. Um, most of the time went into the editing, lining up the Mando and the, it was a Han from the solo movie. It was the Han like mud trooper. Yep. Uh, and making sure that they lined up correctly and had the same lighting that was a little rough because i was doing a practical shot whereas normally i would just shoot them both on a green screen and then i can splice them together uh, so making sure they were the right height and in the same position uh that probably took the longest practically but then in editing it probably took me about like two hours i just say you you, you sink so, some time into these little pieces and it shows i mean I, I make fun of myself all the time. I mean, these days with a little kid, both parents at home, I, I've lost a lot of my hobby time outside of, you know, I get the few hours to come play with you guys during Star Wars time show each week. Uh, but, you know, a lot of my work has been simplified to to account for that. And that's why I don't create amazing looking art like Blaine. You, you do have to put the fucking time into it. Uh, especially doing all the the digital magic. I mean, that's something I avoid like the plague because anything Adobe makes is like rocket science to me. Photoshop makes no sense. <laughs> the menus are stupid. The terminology is stupid. Nothing, nothing yeah. just flows like it should. It should just say, yo, I want to fucking wipe a background. A tool should be called the fucking background <laughs> wiper. Not, you got to do a layer mask and then use a fucking uh, uh, black brush to wipe it out. That makes no sense. 
Logically, like, who the fuck ever thought of that? If you paint something black with a layer mask, it erases the, the other layer underneath it. That's, that's like, like I said, it's rocket science. That shit doesn't make sense to me. Uh, yeah. What are we talking yeah. about? Just, actually, just say, I want to fucking wipe this. Done. That's the tool. Sorry. Uh-huh. Sorry. Fun fact, I was actually trained on Photoshop many, 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 many moons ago. Uh, and I went when I started doing the digital, cause I, I would do a lot of set setups and I would create dios. Um, and then of course, after the fire, it's like, well, I can't afford to just buy a bunch of dio stuff again. Uh, so that's where really where I started going full on digital and I downloaded Adobe. First of all, realized that I have to pay a monthly subscription. Fuck yourself. <laughs> Second of all, I looked at it and I was like, going in thinking yeah i went to school for four years for this and then i looked at it Uh, exactly like your brain just turns off mine does at least so i i very 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 cheaply use a number of different free apps ah i was gonna uh, ask you so superimpose x if you could like let some of the fans listening here because i know they're interested uh, yeah what are some of the tools and this is all on your ipad right you don't you don't fuck with a computer nothing all, all right, let, let them have it because I know a lot of times, and, and you made a good point. I mean, we'd all love to have these expensive dios. I know I do. I mean, I I try to go as practical as possible, as I just outlined it. I don't want to get into the digital stuff. Be, a, I suck at it. B, I don't feel like learning it. And C, who gives a shit, right? Uh, but but as, <laughs> right, as, as yeah. Blaine said, you don't need to be rich. You don't need to have the the best equipment. I mean, look what he is doing on a fucking iPad and. What is your, do you have a, like a DSLR or are you a smartphone shooter? Uh, so I actually just last year purchased uh, a digital camera and work more or less. Jason, he, he kind of steered me in the right direction on what to buy, but I have, you know, an SLR too. And just the lens that yeah, it came with. There you go. Like like that, said, that's I'm the point. A, I, Cause I know a lot of times, I mean, I, I still question why people would ask me for advice on toy photography but i i'm, I'm flattered nonetheless i get it and I'm, I'm like oh. i'm flattered nonetheless <laughs> but it, it usually is a, a lot of people think like oh if i just get the best the biggest and baddest everything then i can do it and no, no that that's to me anyone can fucking shoot a camera it's do you have the eye can you compose a scene do you have the imagination but but as right. blaine has proven you don't need to buy the 800 hundred dollar macro lens like i have to make your toys look bigger that one-to-one zoom shit no you just you, i would love a macro oh, lens they're great dude you, you need it. to get one <laughs> <laughs> but but point point being one but that's not my budget i spent all my money on there you toys. go if, you, if you've got the creativity which is something i lack the imagination which is something i lack you can do impressive stuff Impe- impressive creations as we're seeing uh, as we've been talking to blaine here um so gear wise what are some of the apps i guess it's not gear but app wise what do you mm-hmm. use on your ipad pro to say uh we'll do it twofold to create your your concept art that's all still ipad pro but what app are you using for that so that's done with procreate and that is an app that you have to buy and i think it's a one-time purchase of twenty dollars uh well 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 worth it um you think about art supplies you never have to buy paper again you never have to buy brushes pens pencils uh you have every medium right there you can paint you can draw you can charcoal you can watercolor anything uh so procreate is probably my most used app i use it for drawing and then tom i've i've at uh on instagram 
he kind of opened my eyes to being able to do more toy photography editing with it. So I started playing around with that and that's where a lot of my digital custom comes in. Uh, in terms of you can do everything in procreate, you can remove a background. Like if you shoot on a green screen, you can remove that background in procreate. It's very time consuming. So I downloaded an app called Superimpose X and it's super simple. It's a, I, I learned it in one day. Uh, and it's very, like you were saying, it, it's very direct. There's one thing where you can just tap the background and it deletes the background and then you've got a brush Holy and shit. you can go and Sign fine tune it. Let's yeah, go. Yeah, hey, it's, it's Blaine, wonderful. start making tutorials. Let's go. You, you can challenge, you can I, challenge you know, Sir Dork. He, he's doing all the live action <laughs> tutorials blowing shit up. You need to start doing the digital stuff. Come on. Us dummies Dude, need Jared, that. Sir Dork, he, he has it on the... Talk about someone who really just enjoys sharing their craft. Um, Huge oh, shout no, out we, to we him. love he's Sir, such a likable guy. Sir Dork guy. is one of our our first uh, super fans. I mean, he is he's he's a, just a very <laughs> nice kid, uh, always sharing his tips. Yeah. And I'm glad that his his YouTube uh, venture is finally starting to take off. He's finally starting to get those six yeah. figure type of view counts, and and he deserves it. Um, I'm sorry. So <laughs> we were talking about the apps you use for your concept art. Yeah. So, uh, so procreate superimpose X. And then, uh, sometimes I just enjoy adding, I got a little JJ Abrams in me and I enjoy a good lens. Yeah, flare. You, and, you and black uh, series. So I have, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Zay. uh, yeah, he, uh, so I use, uh, lens effects. I think, yes, I, I think I've used that one without the valves. I think he does everything in Adobe. Um, but yeah, lens effects and lens light. I, I can, it. um, other than that, I'll go to Google and just search PNGs. So Blaine, I got to ask you on lens effects. Cause I was a fan too. Uh, Cause it gives you a lot of great shit, you know, muzzle flares. I even think they have a lightsaber blade in there. Has mm -hmm. he made it now to where you export a photo? It doesn't, it, it doesn't scale it down and de-res it. Cause that, that's why I stopped no, using and, it. Yeah. And that's where, you know, some of the times when I want a lot of detail, I will, go into okay, procreate right. and take that yeah. time and and manually I, I delete the background um you look at some of my one of my most recent shots is darius from the jurassic world animated series with a, a brachio and i had to do three layers for that and I feel like every layer kind of lowers the res and when you look at the picture on my ipad it's so beautiful and then I post it on Instagram, yeah. and if you zoom in on it's his like, head, <laughs> his facial features. And I went into Procreate, and I redid his eyes. I repainted his eyes. Like, I spent all this time, and it just looks like a little blur. Uh, so that is the downside. Yeah, I mean, that app um, was great. I mean, anyone listening, if, you don't, if you're not like an OCD resolution person, Lens Effects is one of the greatest mobile apps uh, for people like myself and, and to a point, to a degree, Blaine, that don't want to fuck around with Photoshop. I mean, it's, it just has all yeah. these built-in effects. You can just plop right on top of a photo, resize it, mix mix the blending, and, and you're off to the races. Uh, how mm -hmm. about for your more traditional work? Like, let's say the uh, I got brown eyes up. What do you What do you use for that? I mean, obviously you you, you shoot the shot on a camera, but then once you load it onto your iPad, what, what does it go through? Multiple apps, or does it live in one app and then gets exported, or what? I think that one was just Procreate. 
um, I had gone into Procreate because it was a practical shot. So both shots with uh, Din and Han were in the same exact position. So all I had to do was put two on top of each other and then erase what I needed to. Um, so And then being able to draw the face in there. Uh, yeah, that was completely done. And I think that's where like your work kind of goes above and beyond. It's the fact that, yeah, you, you, you do the great layering and whatnot, but it, it's, it's then, and I've watched a lot of your videos, but you'll get in there, you'll, you'll zoom in on like a strand of hair and you'll either extend it with your brush or, or add a little bit more color yeah. to it. And it does seem to make the edit much more seamless when you, you kind of put those little digital touches on it versus just, you know, how we would typically you wipe some of the layer to reveal the other and Hey, there it is. But you actually get in there and like fine tune the edges with your paintbrush. Yeah, there are times, I mean, uh, I have a recent wonder woman versus Aries shot and, uh, I was using the SH figure arts wonder woman and I thought it was going to be good because her hair was kind of flowy. And then I posed it and it was not. And luckily with SH figure arts, the hair's removable. I took the hair off and that hair is completely drawn by hand. I think oh, there's just like, yeah, a I'm pulling it up right now while, while Blaine's talking about, so if you are watching the live stream, <laughs> you can see it. Yeah. I mean, she's got like a, like a butch cut and then he, he adds some flows yeah. to it. Yeah. It's... So really, you know, if, if you know how to draw, um, it really opens you up to being able to do, you know, there are scenes I did a dune shot and they were in the desert and I'm like, why is her hair just yeah. stuck down? So just drawing the hair flowing, um, you know, it, it definitely opens you up. And I was able to draw the, the lightning on that. So, yeah, I'm just scrolling uh, through I, your I page now as, as you're talking about your work, just so people can get a, a, a wide uh, ranging perspective of everything you do. I mean, hell. I even love your your Blainer Things action figure. You, I mean, even those. I think you made yeah. one for Jason too, didn't you? You even put him in a in a package. I did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. Um, I did packaging for him, so it was a thank you. I had done three, and then and then it blew up, and I started doing more. I had done three uh, for people who kind of have helped me. It was at a time where I got to finally move into being able to do things professionally for the industry. And as a thank you to, to Jason, to Steve, who is at action figure attack and to, uh, Randy Falk at NECA. Um, I made them into action figures, Steve action figure attack. He helped create the WWE ultimates line. So I did him in ultimates packaging <laughs> with that articulation. Awesome. Uh, Jason of course loves star Wars black series. So I did him in the style of a star Wars black series figure and did that in the packaging. And then Randy Falk, I did in the articulation style and packaging of, of a NECA figure. All, right, all three of you, I know at least um, one of you is listening. You need to get a t-shirt made out of that and wear it around proudly because <laughs> it is beautiful. <laughs> and I've, I've since done some commissions for people. I've done uh, Steve Evans, who you probably yeah, know best Mr. from Mr. Stevie. Yeah, he ran he ran that fucking Star Wars show. Man, was Black Series at he he really helped turn it into what it is today. Uh, so I did I I created him in Star Wars Black Series the red box packaging. 
uh, and then redid a version. He now has an Instagram show, uh, Tall Toy Tales, and I did him with his logo. On, Everyone's on jumping on your bandwagon, man. <laughs> with, with the IG show, it's fun. I mean, who doesn't want to be immortalized as an actor? Yeah, no, they, they are. They you are know? awesome. We're, we're just, I'm just, again just at, on the stream, just scrolling through your full portfolio. We, we've hit the low bot and. Two uh, one B and Bespin Layed concept art you have up there again, just just beautiful looking stuff. Uh, I did ask you a few questions before you came on because I mean I've already kept you well past the the time I told you I would, so sorry it kind of happens here. Uh, we we I've just peed my pants at this point. Hey, I, I, hey you, you get don't, used to fear that. not. I take a pee break every single show, so you you can uh, you'll probably see him in the chat like, hey Matt, is it time to go pee yet? But no, I, I usually start uh, <laughs> having to pee and letting a little leak out around the two hour mark. But I, I promise, Blaine, we'll get you out of here soon, buddy. I do appreciate appreciate you uh kind of just hanging sure. out I, I told you we just we just sit around hang out powwow talk star wars you never know where it's going to go but I, I did want you know blaine to kind of get some of his his thoughts out on the hobby as i know a lot of our listeners uh do appreciate what he what he does and would one day like to grow up and be at blaine or things in terms of uh, oh, the, the type of content they put out so uh, a few a few more uh, questions here would you say What's your favorite line to work with at this point in time? Is is it Marvel or Star Wars, DC? I mean, right now, what what's giving you or what is what's kind of scratching your your uh, imagination these days? Man, that is a tough one. Um, I would say I kind of have been pushed into a Marvel Legends box. It was never my favorite to shoot, always a favorite to collect. Um, and Hasbro very, very graciously started sharing my work. I, I think I've been shared at every Toy Fair Comic-Con for the last like five years. And that oh, yeah. kind of blew up. So a lot of Marvel people, I, tend, I, I noticed that Marvel posts get the most likes and the most interaction. So I sort of would say just because of that, uh, I, I like to make people happy sometimes. Uh, so probably Marvel legends, but star Wars is just a favorite because of the, the expansiveness. Well, that, um, that was the right answer. And, I wanted to make sure you, you ultimately got to the right answer, but you did. <laughs> he is right though. I mean, I, I, I'd imagine anyone at this point has realized with the algo favors and it's typically based on your, your followers and what they like the most. And, I am easily 100% Star Wars. If I go non-Star Wars, it's it's dead in the water. If I go Star Wars, it may still be dead in the water, but it has a better chance to uh, make it outside of a toy pop session or some of the dumb shit I have to get looped in just so I know people will see my work. Uh, but it is. I mean, we, we do. Our, our followers are defined by the algorithm, so that makes complete sense. If yeah. if Marvel you know, gets things ticking, then you got to do it. Got to Got to make them happy, yep. Blaine. Got to make them happy. Um, let's, you know, a lot of times, especially when people first start out that they'll look at Blaine's work now and be like, holy shit, I can't do that. I quit. I, I, I did ask Blaine to send over his first ever star Wars shot and it's not really to, to make fun of him or anything. It's, Oh, please. It's it's to show (laughs) how people grow. If you put the time into this hobby, it it can happen. Uh, for some people like myself, it takes years, if not maybe decades but there is some growth. Uh, we'll, we'll look at some of Blaine's growth because we're, we're going to look at his first Star Wars shot. Uh, 
and then one of his Star Wars shots that he is proud of. And there there's a few of them. I picked one that uh, I guess I kind of liked uh, myself, mm-hmm. although you shared one that I would have shared here, and it was your... Uh, the Star Wars remake of what's the name of the song where uh, Donald blasts the dude in the head, but you did it with young Lando oh. and a stormtrooper. Yeah. So childish yeah, there Gambino we go. did this is America is. and I redid it with him. Cause he exactly. plays Lando. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I, the caption was, this is Corilla. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But anyways, if, if you're on the live stream, here is Blaine's first ever toy shot or Star Wars shot, I'm sorry, September 14th, 2015. And again, I wouldn't I wouldn't be too upset with this. Yes, it's a little basic. There's no real background, there's no flash, but you told you created a fucking comic, man. I mean, you you told yeah. a story in this. It's better than my dumbass lining up a Funko Pop when I first started and taking a picture <laughs> and be like, "Look what I did, everyone. Look at me." It, it, now, now Matt, if if we were to treat this as our there's a there's a segment on our show, Blaine, where we'll solicit people to send us shots of theirs to critique. Um, so so Matt, if you had to treat this shot like that, what would be your critiques of Blaine's first Star Wars shot? I mean, the posing is there. Like he, he you definitely tell he understood posing back then. It's just it's it's kind a of very a very early age. It's it's really it's just it's a lack of of atmosphere, a lack of a dynamic environment, you know. <laughs> Uh, the mm-hmm. the middle row oh, yeah. though I'll tell you what the close up of Kylo's lit blade with Ray out of focus mm-hmm. that that's a that's a quality snap you know that's a that's a good looking angle like, yeah. uh, but like I said I mean th- this is this is above and beyond just someone's first photography you 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 told a little comic strip here there's nothing wrong with that mm-hmm. well, sure <laughs> but <laughs> well you and, look at and this keep and, in mind this is my first star wars shot not my first toy yeah yeah that's why i said it. Yeah, so. first, first star wars shot sorry about that but and now we'll look at one of his favorites and blaine i picked the the bespin scene which you said was uh it just kind of it just kind of worked oh, out see? that this is you know your, your one of your favorite scenes from the films one that stands out it highlights your your favorite character of leia uh, but Blaine here, and, I, and I'd imagine that you just shot these. Is this a digirama? Is this like some work more or less action here? Or is this the, the Blainer things where you just lined up the figures against your fucking refrigerator and then uh, kind of stitched them into the Bespin carbon freezing chamber? Yeah, so uh, this was just, I think I had them. I try to pick colors that won't get lost or that the figures won't get lost in. Cause then when you try to use superimpose, it deletes them as well. Uh, so I think this was on like a green screen or a red screen, uh, shot it with a phone. This was before I had a camera. So just an iPhone. And then I went to Google image, found the carbonite freezing chamber, uh, used that as my background and superimpose them on, and then use lens effects for the, the fog. Awesome. At this point, Blaine, would you, I mean, do you prefer doing all this stuff digitally and having to go in and spend the time to replace backgrounds and whatnot? Or let's just say money wasn't a thing. You had a huge house. You had guys like Visual Approach or, or Papa Palpatine that make these killer dioramas. I mean, if, if you had your choice, would you stick with your, your digital creations or would you prefer to do more practical setups? I would love to be able to do a combination of both. Right. 
Uh, I try to use setups when I can. And if I had more, when you look at my older stuff, I use a lot more setups and I integrate them. And this comes from being a conceptual artist and watching the details of movies and knowing that the best movies are the ones that you can watch and not be able to tell which parts are set and which parts are, you know, added with CGI. So I, I think ideally I would love to have, you know, maybe a dio piece where I shoot the figure with the dio piece and add the background kind of expand. Okay. The, the and then, you know, do all like the, the, what we, what could we call it? You know, all the, the, the blaster bolts, the explosions, the sparks. Oh, yeah. If you look. What, 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 um, do, we, what do we call that? I mean, what is that? Like the, the pizzazz, the flare. There you go. <laughs> the, the flare. flare. The flare. <laughs> um, if you look down and not very far on my page, I had done a shot of Harley Quinn from Birds of Prey. Mm. I, I wanted it to be a practical shot, and I shot it with with no you know special effects and i loved it it was so good i was so proud of myself I, the lighting was on point uh, well at least for me i was very proud of myself and i went to post it and the when you look at the the photo it has uh like pink smoke and blue smoke and confetti falling so i was looking at the shot and i actually added the smoke and the confetti maybe 15, 20 minutes before I posted it. <laughs> I was just looking at it. I was like, it's just not a Blainer thing. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it, it's just there. Like it doesn't feel it. When an artist adds their signature, that's what finishes it. And my signature is somehow uh, drawing on, on a photo. There she is. I finally uh, found so, it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, this is a fantastic show. And, and your additions really do make it feel more in the world of, birds of prey you know yeah and back to his first shot like it's it's that type of stuff the flair that was missing from that comic panel of 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 ray and kylo yeah Yeah. he needed an extra piece of flair i learned my lesson was it there's a lot of artists that we have talked about on the show week over week and they're like like you mentioned, that's like your signature, and a lot of them have that signature. Papa Palpatine's is blowing somebody's head off, or having somebody get shot through the face with something, and you know this yeah. that style that you mentioned. You know, adding these these little pieces of flair into it, this really does make it feel like your shot, and it puts your stamp on it. And you can't yeah. put that up anywhere without somebody knowing, hey, that's Blaine's shot. I did the same thing, um, since this is a Star Wars show, <laughs> I did the same thing recently. I did a shot of the scene where Quell was gunned down by the speeder bikes and dropped mm-hmm. the child. Yeah, I got, pulled it up right uh, now. And I actually did that completely practical because the speeder bike comes with a Navarro background. Ah, shit. So I, I threw mine it. in the trash. Damn it, Blaine. Son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I love saving backdrops to, to boxes. Um, so that I was like, cool, I'm going to do a practical shot. Shot it, had the speeder bike in the background, had the, had the background in the background. Uh, I sat there and like, I went out and I bought gravel, laid him in the gravel, wrapped the child in a little like blanket, shot it, edited it, looked at it. It's like, fuck this. <laughs> so I went into Procreate and 
you know, I, I blanified it. I, I made yeah, it I just, into a blainer that thing. That was perfect. Cause while you were talking about the process, I was scrolling through every shot and it kind of hit that. It hit the child with his little oh, blue nice. blanket <laughs> and you saw the background. Then, then you get to the end and you could see Blaine, he made that decision. Like, nope, I'm yeah. going to go ahead and, and I digitize took these, it. I took these progress shots. Yeah. Cause I was like, this is going to be right. great. I'm going to show <laughs> right. everyone that I can do because I get a lot of flack for not doing practical. Yeah. A lot of people, um, there is, there's a group of people who love to tell me that I have vanilla posing. Uh, so this was like my fuck you. And I was like, yeah, I can do a practical <laughs> shot and I can you do it love great people, posing and blah, blah, blah. Gotta love them. Uh, and then I was like, you know what? It's not me. And I'm okay with yeah. it. I'm okay with vanilla posing and I'm okay with digital backgrounds hey, because that's who I am. come to the right place. We have at least one toy photography therapy session a week on this show. A week. <laughs> It's yeah. usually for me. It's Perfect. usually for me because I'm always like, why do I do this? <laughs> What's the point? I'm, I've wasted thousands of dollars of, of my kids' potential future on toys that I said <laughs> I was going to shoot, but now they just lay on a black table and do nothing. Yeah, uh, that's usually, why I just have a nephew. We're, we're here yeah, for yeah. each other. <laughs> we go through our top five of the week, and usually one of those shots in the top five will will trigger Matt's response to say, yeah, suck. My, I'm "Oh the worst. man, <laughs> why am I so terrible?" Like, no, nah. I look at Blaine. So I'm like, "Man, I wish I could be good." Uh, <laughs> which is wild because I am like, and here's what, and here's why I say, be comfortable with your own style. I I like my work better, and I think I produce better pieces when I keep the core of what I enjoy and my style. And I realize that I'm not a great photographer and I'm okay with that. I look at my work and I know I have people comment, your work's mediocre. I know I'm aware. That's why I'm rolling with four, five, 600 likes. And someone like plastic action has 20,000 likes. I get it. I know I'm not a photographer. I'm comfortable with, this is my art. This is what I enjoy putting out. Um, so just find your niche and, and stick well with said. it. Well said. That, that's something that took me a long time to come to grips with. Cause you know, I'd always be like, Hey, when I grow up, I want to be able to do like a, an Imperial grunt action shot, or I want to do a, a visual approach, crisp, clear, well-posed action shot. And it's like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm growing up. If I just do portraits and, and I tweak lighting and I get some steam in there and it catches the light. That's Haywood Pop, and I am okay with that. Yeah, and I'm, and I'm moving forward. Damn pages. it, I'm moving I forward. I follow a lot of portrait pages. <laughs> They're like you—you you find what you're good at. You stick no, yeah. with it. I tried way too hard doing all different. Sometimes I nail it on a digorama, but Jason's got it. Yeah, that, that, he's he's can't. nailed that. I mean, he he is the king of digorama. I, I still believe yep. he's the one that coined the term. I know other artists mm-hmm. have, have employed it. I've tried it myself. Uh, plastic action does it now. Jason B. Michaels. I mean, he, Jason B. Michael. He's always going to have a special place in my toy photography soul because for some reason, Matt's protege. This guy literally, Blaine, came to me of all people when he started. He's like, <laughs> "Hey, how do you do this or that?" And I'm like, "What the fuck are you looking at?" Because my shit's dumb. <laughs> like I just line it up and put a light on it, and and now I see what Jason does, and it's like, my god. Some people just they they've got that that creative mind the the imagination just flows mm-hmm. and then they can execute the vision um i i lack the vision and that's all right I've, I've come to terms with that in 2021 i've done two motherfucking shoots this year i am coming <laughs> out of my funk 
I just don't share shots on Instagram. So <laughs> I do. I, do I, I, I take the shots it. and then let them sit on my iPad. All right. Now, those have been, uh, I think, some great advice Blaine is, is giving people. And really, I, I even have taken some of it to heart. He is right. I mean, there's nothing more important. If you're going to do this hobby, do it for you, not for the fucking algorithm, mm-hmm. not to try and get money, not and try to get free figures. Because if you do you, ultimately, it may yield those things you desire. But if you always are, are working towards Absolutely. trying to be someone else in any facet of life, it, it's not going to turn out the way you think. So that that was a great tip. And, and Blaine, I'm really trying to get you out of here, buddy. I apologize. But mm-hmm. at, oh, anything fine. else, I'm like off. any other tips you'd have for people either, you know, starting out in maybe the, the conceptual design aspect of this hobby or just toy photography in general? What are, what are some things you wish – you know, Blainer Things 2021 told Blainer Things, you know, 2014, 2013. What are, what are some tips that you think would really help someone that is either getting into this now, been doing it, maybe struggling, looking for new motivation? What what has turned you into this version of Blainer Things? I would say, oh, this is a tough one. What would I tell my yesteryear, Blaine? Um, probably, I mean, like I said, find your niche, like find out, sit down with yourself and find out, you know, what, what do you love? What do you, what do you love seeing? Um, you know, what kind of content do you love seeing and copy at first? There's no such thing as an original idea. So don't get butthurt. I have people who message me and like, Oh, you copied my shot. No, the fuck I didn't. I copied a scene from star Wars. You dipshit. So you copied a shot. (laughs) Yes. You know, copy, copy. That's how I started drawing. I I was copying off of the comic book artists that I loved and the conceptual artists that I loved. That's how I started conceptually designing. Um, I I took a course in uh, fashion design. You, You come up with one silhouette and you just trace it over and over again. Start with tracing, start with copying, um, copy the people that you enjoy seeing and then through that, just don't lose who you are. Take those two things and say, this is who I am and this is who I want to be. I want, for example, I want to make digital renderings with toys. Stick with that. Don't try the practical quill shots. Go in <laughs> saying, okay, I'm going to do a mix, right? Um, and, and keep, just keep doing it. That's, I've... I've given up so many times. Uh, there was a time, I think it was like last year, that this group got together on my page and started commenting on every single post. And it had kind of a bright side because I really dived, dove into my conceptual design. But I didn't do toy photography for, I think, like two or three months. And I was like, that's it. I'm done. I don't like this community. It's just vile. Yeah. And then you see, you know, you see the bright parts of the community. And that would be my last piece of advice is just ask advice from people who like to share advice. Don't go asking advice to these elitist groups who tell you that they need, you need to sign up for their group to know how to do their, their type of photography. That's awesome that they have this inclusive group where they can cooperate with each other. But what does that do for the world? What it it just makes you an elitist, um, find people like, work more or less um like oh god you're gonna make me 
put people on the spot. <laughs> people who want to share how they did. Yeah. You know, I want to share if it's an old Jewish proverb and I, my mother taught it to me as a child and I live by it. Uh, knowledge is like manure. It's not worth a damn unless it's spread all over the place creating Love life. It. Love it. So, Love it. Love that. Yes. You know, I get on my soapbox with that, but find people who want to share how to do things because there are a lot of people who will freely and gladly give you the information for free. I love doing it. Hit me up. Yeah, there you go. I, I mean, he, he just put it out there. You can contact at Blainer things through the DMS. And, and like I said, if you follow him, you will not be disappointed, especially if you like watching him stomp on, as he calls them, the maggots. I love it. That, that's my favorite. I, <laughs> I mean, I, it, yeah. I, I obviously <laughs> I started following Blaine for his art form, but over this, you know, the four years of, of hell we went through, I really started to appreciate. I, I'd almost call it his comedy <laughs> in the in, in his <laughs> stories. Uh, but he is right. I mean, they, 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 we know him. I mean, I, I could rattle off some. Work more or less is definitely one. Black series will reply to you. Plastic action. Uh, in my case, would reply. I even think at this point in time, I, I probably should be asking Jason B. Michael uh, tips on on how to craft some of the scenes he's making. Yeah, he loves to share things. Uh, th- there are there. Sir Dork. Yep, Sir Dork will definitely yeah, yeah. Uh, put it out there. So uh, don't be stingy and and don't don't feel like a loser to ask. I mean, I I've got no qualms asking people. I mean, hey. I saw a light. What type of light? Okay, sweet. It's just a cheap desk lamp. It's not some expensive loom cube that's going to break in two days. And I know there's some loom loom cube ambassadors that listen here, but I have not had a fucking good experience with this single product they make. Um, I use my dollar ninety nine Target. I've I've seen them, bro. I love them. Like you just put some AAA batteries in it, tap the top, and there you go. That's what I do. But that's I stand over there. my foot has like a ring light that I'm like balancing my iPhone. It is, my man. Other light and I'm like, we almost, we, we all almost need to hire people to document what we look like doing this hobby. Cause I've done some crazy absolutely. shit to try to pull off even just a basic shot where I'm, I'm holding like a hand steamer nozzle with my remote uh, taped on it yep. so I can move the smoke and do the rapid shots at the same time. All while I have like a leg up on a chair because I don't want this one thing to tip over out of way, but it is, it's, it's a hell of a hobby. And, and, you know, at Blainer things really is a, a, a great member of the community. And it, it, it is, it's the only social media I take part in anymore. I, I mean, I still need to figure out my exit strategy for Facebook. The only reason I even have that going still is because I fear if I delete Facebook, it's going to delete all my Instagram because they're married to each other and Mark Zuckerberg will get Mm. pissed. Uh, But (laughs) the the only social media I I get into outside of during the day when I have my doom scrolling crack up because I I can't break that habit yet is Instagram. (laughs) A, to look at Blainer Things stories, and then B, just to flip through and look at what the community has created because uh, I'm never – uh, I have never been uh, disappointed with with scrolling through my at Haywood Pop IG feed and just seeing the people that I follow and seeing the, the content that they put out. Uh, it's just – it's magical shit. So – uh, as we uh, say goodbye to Blaine, I, I do want to. I did ask him to kind of mention some of his, some of the accounts he looks up to. Um, he's mentioned one of them, work more or less. Uh, the Imperial Grunt at the Imperial Grunt looks like he he joined the show to to check out his buddy. 
visual approach who we love over here used to be Captain Ordo. Captain Ordo. Uh, I, th- I think. Yeah. And, and Southpaw. Southpaw's another one. Uh, I, I, I'm a yeah. huge fan of his work. He's a great customizer, awesome poser, and he's slightly demented because a lot of his shots are usually <laughs> some form of amputation. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I think that's why I love yeah. them. I mean, he's it's at least once I've a week. Asking he, them to do a Caradoon yeah, one. Uh, fuck yeah, let's do it. He heard it. Perfect. Let's go. Let's put it out there. Come on, Southpaw. Let's go. We need a, a Caradoon death scene, please. Uh, preferably one of your ones where you know a head pops off or maybe an arm. <sighs> All right, Blaine. It's been real. the The peanut gallery. They're they're saying, man, keep them on for the whole show. But honestly, we probably have another hour and a half too. I don't want to tie up your whole day. I mean, you're you're more than welcome to stay, but it, <laughs> we've got other topics to get into, plus the top five breakdown. Um, so I'm going to let you you get out of here because you did give us two hours of your time, and and I, I am very appreciative. Has it been too yes. long? Cool. Yeah. Things. Well, I guess that's probably a good sign. That means you probably had fun. Uh, you didn't realize how much time you're wasting with the Star Wars time show. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. But we're time. glad you're here. Show. The, the one thing I am going to hold your feet to the fire now. Now that you've been on the show, you got to start tagging us. And using oh, yes. hashtag Star Wars Time Show in your Star Wars work, buddy. Because uh, otherwise, you know how the algo is. We're never going to see it. I know every once in a while on my personal, I'll see a shot pop up and I'll, I'll save it to share on Star Wars Time Show. But we'd love for you to get it on the fun with Work More or Less, all the others. Uh, anything Star Wars you share at Star Wars Time Show and then drop the hashtag Star Wars Time Show just so we can always be aware of what at Blainer Things is putting out there into the galaxy. You got it. Deal? All right. Awesome. Sounds good. All right, Blaine. That was awesome, man. Much appreciated. Hopefully uh, you become a fan. Stick around. Maybe tune in a little bit and see where this shit show goes from your interview. Uh, But but it was fun, man. It was fun. I appreciate it. I can't wait until I get off here to see what you post on your story. Awesome. Thank you so much, guys. Thank See you, you, Blaine. I got to figure out how to hang up here, and then we'll switch back to the show, my friends. Uh, I may end up hanging up on... May end the whole show right here. Uh, Bye. I very well could hang. Hey, Blaine, do you have a hang up on your end? Maybe. I'm sure I do. I'll yeah, figure it see out. See if you can like red red circle your Skype, and maybe you'll just drop out. Because I think if I kill it, I'm killing Nick too. All right. Sounds good. See you guys. <laughs> <See> ya. Bye. <laughs> and if he do- okay. all right, it looks like he did drop out. Sweet. Well, that was nice, huh, Nick? Did you like that? Yeah. That was a fantastic interview. I mean, Blaine was. A more than gracious guest gave, giving us all the information. It, I feel, on his stuff I feel and horrible. Just, I, mean, I told him 45 minutes to an hour, but I, I do think in the end he was having a good time, right? I mean, otherwise, yeah, yeah, I think we would so. got a lot of humming and hawing and or looking at his watch. <laughs> no, yeah. And I mean, he was just, he was so fun to have on. I enjoyed it. I know that, you know, Tones was thrown out there, keep him on for the top five. I mean, maybe in, in future interviews for toy photographers, we can try to swing that where we just shove the top five up there and, and kind of, yeah, that, that, that's a walkthrough. good point. And I, I, like I said, I mean, we're, we're two hours in and we still got fucking our whole show to go. Uh, I don't, I, yeah, we still got, I'm probably going to be making some cuts or maybe cutting Nick off and hopefully he cuts me off if we go too long. But that was fun. Uh, I, I kind of had an, a, a feeling we'd go long with Blaine. I, I can just tell with people, I, I, you know, call it the force, whatever. I just had a feeling that, that Blaine, myself, and Nick, we, we'd hit it off and be able to have some good conversations. So hopefully those of you that were here for the live stream, 
uh, enjoyed it. You feel like your boys did you right. We, mm-hmm. We're bringing you some alternative content to the show outside of our dumb asses just yelling and screaming about whatever weak Star Wars news we have to talk about during these dark times. So, Nick. L- yeah, I mean. A lot of the stuff that we got here, we can really kind of blow through quickly. The only one that we'll probably hang on for a little bit is the KOTOR news. Um, But there's not, you know, again, this is a a very kind of low week in terms of actual news happening in the Star Wars universe. And one of the pieces that we got to talk about to kick off is just that K2SO is not going to be in the Andor series at launch. it's kind of a surprise for some people. I know that in in the Rogue One movie, he was the the main uh, companion to to Cassian throughout the whole thing. But given the fact that this show is probably going to be more than a one one season wonder, uh, it, it's highly likely that we'll get the first season, which introduces us to Cassian as a person, and then potentially season two will bring in K two as his companion again. Yeah, you know I. This sort of surprised me, Nick, because uh, I mean, they did okay. say now, I guess we shouldn't be too blown away or, or upset at this because they did say we are going to get some, I believe, Andor as a child. Uh, mm-hmm. We are going to get some younger Andor. So it does sound like season one may uh, possibly solely focus on what happened to him as a kid to turn him into the person we meet in Rogue One. And we won't quite get to where he, uh, you'd have to imagine, has a run in with K2 disables him brings him back to the rebel alliance and they they somehow unfuck his mind and make him an expert clothesliner yeah and i think that you know we were talking we actually mentioned this to blaine pre-show a lot of these actors you know they're they're holding stuff close to the chest they're trying not to spoil things and it could very well be that towards the end of season one is where you get that first initial meeting. Like you get the the scene where Cassian and one of his buddies is infiltrating an Imperial base and then bang, they run into K2. That'd be a good cliffhanger, then, right? Like they, they, they come yeah. into it, it just ends and you pick up season two. I think that would be a really cool way to do it. But um, the, the K2 character is definitely not to be left out of a Cassian series if it extends past oh, one please, season. Yeah, that's that sure. would be, <laughs> that would be, you know, they're, they're just asking for, outrage at that point because those characters in my mind they're 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 han and chewy right i mean they're 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 the same thing it's the same kind of partnership just different wingman i mean one is a walking carpet the other is a a bucket of bolts for you know yeah lack of a better term there uh and we do need to see their their first meeting and it it is a little bit of a bummer that's not going to happen but that just means we're going to get more Hopefully more backstory, which is just always going to expand upon the world of Star Wars, uh, maybe introduce other new characters that could one day become iconic like K2 himself. I mean, it's yeah. not like, I mean, it, this it, is because I like when we, get, we were getting the promos for Rogue One and we saw this droid. We we're like, oh, fuck, man, he's easily the next big time droid. He'll be up there with BB-8 and R2 and C-3PO. We oh, didn't know no. it, was, it, was the, it was the way they wrote him and then obviously the way uh, Tyduck acted him. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this is this this duo, even though they've only they literally only were in one movie and then died at the (laughs) end, uh, has literally become the next Han and Chewie. I mean, we that was the one thing we asked for in Solo was like, we need to see the Han and Chewie meeting. It's 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 necessary. And I think that's kind of the same thing that everybody wants out of this casting and or series is to see the meeting of these two now fan favorite characters. We need to see it on screen. We need to see how it played out and how K2 went from 
basically imperial security droid that would have killed Cassian in an instant to one of the best, you know, rebel soldiers you could have. So, and like I said, he would have uh, had a, a very promising career in the WWE if he wanted to. Absolutely. He could have thrown anybody I mean, he out of a ring. Floor Jin, just like clock. Yeah. See ya. <laughs> we are Jin meets you. steel I like how- arm. That is a very good meme uh, image too. That that little scene, I've seen it pop up a couple of times. Yeah, speaking like, of memes, how about uh, first? Uh, I guess <laughs> you know we might as well mention the Discord community because we didn't. You know we had Blaine on the start, so we didn't have our little kind of coffee time with Matt and Nick. Yeah. Uh, but the Discord server's growing. I think we're at up to thirty-one members. It's still pathetic. Yes. I mean, come on, you guys. You guys know my. <laughs> My numbers, uh, we need hundreds, thousands. I want it to be crazy in here. I want this live chat to be going so fast, it, it gives me a seizure. Yeah, it's hard to keep um, up. But we learned that we have a, uh, someone took the youngest fan title from Liam. I don't know if you, you saw that, Nick. Oh, no, I che- didn't. Chewbacca's who's, who's... left nut has, has taken the crown as the youngest Star Wars Time Show fan. Oh my! Uh, I didn't. I believe with a name like Chewbacca's Left Nut, I, I was. I, I believe Mister Left Nut is only fourteen. So we. Holy! Sh- don't tell his. We're parents. basically going to jail, <laughs> but luckily he's down in Australia, I believe, and I don't think they care about swear words down there. So we should be good. No, not in Australia. You can swear <laughs> as much as you want, but we, we we've also by request of I believe it was Chewie's Left Nut requested a Star there Wars. There we go. That's where I was scandal. going. The old bleh, I had a little brain fart. Thanks, yeah. Nick. So, so by his request, I created the Star Wars memes channel, and it has become one of the the most active channels. In our I mean, I woke up this morning, tones went nuts. Like, uh, I think it was Spencer yeah. kicked off, like, "Hey, say sexual things, but using Star Wars quotes," and it it was just like blah 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 blah, blah. and they were they're actually really great. And I was telling Nick, I mean, we've talked about this before. We're like, let's just start sharing memes. Who cares if we create them or not? And now Nick has a repository. Of Star yeah, Wars now memes. I can just go in and pull some of the memes. We shared some Bernie, like last week was our Bernie slash Star oh, dude, Wars the, the memes. The Bernie on the on the Berg, I think just our yeah. share got like fifteen hundred likes. So yeah, it's that might be close to one of the highest <laughs> likes that we've ever gotten. On the You've got yeah, you got to like IG. we we got to convince Nick to do one meme a day. So you motherfuckers keep yeah. providing the content for us because we can't do that. But we got to work on Nick taking the two seconds to post the stuff you guys steal, so yeah. we can steal I, it and I post it on our. Three. I threw up three last week or two last week. I got the, I got yeah, the. Yeah, you Bernie, got going, but then you uh, hit the weekend, and then that's when you break out the yeah. forty ounces, and you know we we don't see Nick until Tuesday. The entire weekend. Yeah, I was. I was. He's gone. playing Edward Forty but, Hands, right? Everyone remember that game? <laughs> ah! Oh yeah. Oh, but yeah, yeah. hey, I was, so I was at- Andor, no K two. That's a bummer, but I, I'm still excited for it. I, I like yeah. the air it's set in. You know, we're we're in, we're still in a very unexplored part of the timeline. Back in the you know, solo-ish, Kenobi-ish, early or late or early Rebels-ish. So uh, it should be fantastic content, especially based on what we've seen from the sizzle reel. I mean, live action, volume. We we were talking about the set last week. I mean, they they build a whole fucking town. Uh, so they're yeah, they're going yeah. at it for Andor. I'm excited. I'm really excited for the show. And, you know, regardless of whether K2's in there or not, you know you're going to get a, a lot of good rebel espionage in it. And yeah, you know, I mean, that's the that, other great... We could see that shadier, seedier side of the rebellion. Because uh, yeah. I, I don't know about you guys, but the first time I saw Rogue One and you literally see Cassian assassinate his informant, 
that was something new for Star Wars. Like the rebels didn't do yeah. that type of shit. They were always the, you know, the plucky band of of good guys who were exactly. doing nothing but, you know, the the right thing to write the universe and then all of a sudden you see the dark side of the rebellion and fuck, I mean, even with the, you know, with bringing in Saw Gerrera and his little splinter cell of of even more deranged rebels who were going out there and and literally just picking off Imperials and torturing yeah, I mean, them. I, I that mean, was the crux of the mission that almost, you know, drove Jin and Cassian apart. I mean, Cassian was essentially sent to murder her dad at all costs. Yeah, yeah. It was it's pretty fucking crazy. So I'm glad that uh I'm glad that they decided to spin that one off because I think there is a very interesting backstory to be told for that character. And you know, potentially you do get other characters that were in uh animated i mean you could see hera you could see kane and you could see a lot of the oh, rebels yeah. I, mean, I, I think in hera is a hera is a no-brainer to to loop into the the later part of of andor i would think mm-hmm. i mean she becomes yeah, such a absolutely. huge part of the rebel alliance and i mean i'm going through rebels again and you see how it happens you know she initially just kind of joins in with with phoenix squadron and then she becomes the captain and we know ultimately she's uh, General Sindula, I believe, by the Battle of Endor. So a lot of that stuff yeah. could be explored in in the Andor show for sure. Absolutely. Um, Good to see Blaine jumped in the oh, chat yeah, he, too. He couldn't Blaine's get enough, man. We're, we're like herpes. Once you get it, it's hard to get rid of the Star Wars <laughs> yes, type show. It might it might go away. But, it might go dormant, but it'll flare up and it'll it'll pop back up again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> next, and and this might shock some people, but we got a story on some words and shit. And I actually, yeah. I actually put this up, and it, and I, Nick, I may, I may grab this book, but last week, come on, Leia the cat, not yet. We can see her little. I know tail she's there. like doing her poke up thing. <laughs> last week, we learned that a a biography is coming out for the Skywalkers called Skywalker: A Family at War. And it, is there not a more perfect title I know, for that? It's pretty good. <laughs> and, and it's written by Kristen Baver, who I believe works for the official StarWars.com. Uh, she does one of the things that I believe either myself or Nick should be doing, but it's okay. She got there first. We'll give it to her. But Nick, what this is, it's, it's not so much your standard words and shit about the Skywalkers, okay? It, it, it takes a, a biographical approach to science fiction, which intrigues me a bit. Yeah. You know, it, it's kind of putting a, a real life spin on this space fantasy that we love. Yeah. And, and it, she's going I to, mean, this can really, this can kind of turn into <laughs> like for people, generations, you know, millennia from now, they can find this book buried somewhere and this, they could literally start their own religion off of yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> like, you would is, think so because the, the quote yeah. here is, uh, this biography is going to examine the events that unfolded in the Skywalker saga on screen as well as through books, comic, comics, and other canon, canonic, blah, blah. I can't say canonical, canonical storytelling to give a detailed account of the lives of key members of the family amid their travails and triumphs. Um, so the text itself is going to encompass the prequel era. So, I mean, it's going to be getting in the Shmi Skywalker. And, and, and again, mm-hmm. it's not telling stories. It's going to be biographical information, which, again, not real. But for Star Wars fans that kind of like the lore uh, to dig into the the history of the most famous family in that galaxy that is so far, far away, uh, I think it could be a fun read. 
Yeah, I, I totally agree. And it will give you all of the, I mean, like, you know, maybe some of the stuff we know just from watching and, and listening and reading and everything like that. But guaranteed there's going to be additional context added into a lot of these things, giving you even potentially like the the inner monologue of some of these characters at some points in their life. You know, like what what is Anakin thinking the first time he meets Obi-Wan Kenobi? What is Anakin thinking and, you know, during during his fall and these these meetings with the emperor it gives you even more context into what we've always wanted especially right. from the vader exactly. side of things like what is vader's mindset uh, this is the book that's going to give it to you. Yeah, and uh, just another quote again. Wh- this is, you know, what we should expect. So from the outset, I knew I wanted to treat the family as if they were real people with compassion and empathy, while simultaneously crafting an unflinching portrait of their accomplishments and their failures. These characters are larger than life, yet so fragile and unmistakably human. And that comes into focus when you study how their actions impact the greater galaxy and their family. I mean, let's be real. The only fragile Skywalkers are the men. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Anakin is fucked up in the head, and so is Luke, we learned. He can't deal with emotions either. Leia was fine. Yeah, Leia, even Shmi. Like, you yeah, know, I mean, she she, she, she moved on. Pretty... I mean, she was a fucking slave. You thought she would have been all depressed. She's mm-hmm. like, nah, she hooked up with another dude, moved to a moisture farm. It just so happened yeah. that, you know, she got kidnapped by, by sand people, but she wasn't a little whiner. Um, no, yeah, she was a she was a very strong, I mean, single mother for a very long time. So. <laughs> but we do actually on the uh, site. I mean, there's not really much to say, but uh, Amazon had some excerpts. So as Nick was saying, yeah. you can kind of get an idea of how it is written. And she does. It's not so much that you're going to be getting the character's point of view, but she's explaining their point of view for us. And, and this one, I believe, yeah. is uh, Anakin's thoughts on his love and loss of of Padme. Uh, so I, I think it's an interesting reason. Like uh, Tones right here, he, he jumped on it. He's pre-ordered. He's got it coming April. I think it's dropping April 1st or early April. It looks like it's going to have uh, images throughout the saga, be it comic books, animation, movies. Uh, so if you're into more of the educational, I guess, <laughs> Star Wars words and shit, Skywalker, a family at war. And you can grab it from our site and we may actually make about a half a penny. Yeah, you know, we get a little bit of get that, that money. That from Amazon. Amazon associate commission going and shit. <laughs> yeah, there, there we go. Uh, yeah, available now for pre-order. Nick, I'm an April sixth release. An I just closed our next topic, so w- w- go there ahead. we go. Our next topic. Don't worry, I got you. Is move, the new Kotor game that's it. in development? <laughs> All right, here we go. Yes, uh, our site still right. loads, so we got it. There we go. There we go. It's still up there. It still works. <laughs> StarWarsTime.net. She's not dead. Not yet. Yes. We, we've been throwing a lot at her today. I mean, hell, we had a three-man stream for almost two hours. I, I can see smoke starting to come out of my iMac. Like the hamsters are like, "Yo, dude, we didn't pay. We didn't sign up for this shit." What the fuck are you but doing? This is but an yes, interesting this- one. This is where our question a week, which clearly was a shitty question because we didn't get many responses. But uh, there's reports out there that a new KOTOR game, for those of you not in the know, that is Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic, one of the greatest Star Wars games ever made, one of the, the, the greatest early 2000s action RPGs ever made. Uh, but we've learned... Uh, I don't even want to give the, the, the people credit because I'm not a huge fan of them, but uh, we learned... 
that a KOTOR game apparently is in development, but the interesting thing here, it's not so much that they're doing something KOTOR. The interesting thing is that it's 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 potentially not being developed by EA and Bioware. Uh, Bioware yeah. being the developer that created the franchise and EA being the publisher that now owns Bioware. So it is a little odd. Yeah, yeah. so what's really interesting now is that as the story has kind of matured through the last few days there's like conflicting things being said some people are now saying that this is a a full-blown remake of kotor one while initially it was thought that this was a new entry into the kotor franchise it would be even more surprising to know that they're doing a full-on remake of kotor one and it's not bioware i mean to my knowledge if you're gonna i mean yes studio licenses end and and technically Lucasfilm games and 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 Lucasfilm owns the Knights of the Old Republic IP. It's their game, it's their license. It would be very surprising to see a, a studio who's not Bioware essentially remake that game. Um the only other studio that's ever worked yeah, on Yeah Nick, that's actually a great uh, point. So are you thinking because that was our question of the week and we'll obviously get into it. Uh, I, I was asking more, what do they want? But asking you, do you just think at this point, because it's not Bioware and EA, it's definitely not going to be a remake? I hope it's not a remake. Um, I, I lean towards it not being a remake. Because at this point, everybody's played it. And yeah, of course, I would like to go back and play it again with with shinier graphics and everything like that. But unless you're going to make significant changes to how that game functions, which is really the thing that's aged the worst about it. Oh, it's like, clunky as nobody, fuck. It's clunky as fuck. Yeah, I mean, even going back to play it on a console or like on my PC, which I was doing before, the, the combat itself does feel relatively. I, I'm not gonna lie though, Nick. As, as a lazy ass like myself, I do still like the the timed. Cue yes, it up I fucking love it. that, man. I love it. <laughs> yeah, but if you were to go back, like say say if you were to give it to like a Larian or some other studio out there who is known for making action or RPGs or um, you know just standard RPGs. If they were to to take it and then rebuild the game engine on it and then re and then restyle the combat, then I think that would be worth it. But I don't I don't you know I don't necessarily want a new like a you know a, a new version of an old game. I want the story continuation. Yeah. And you know I said last week that we're likely not going to get a KOTOR thing. Clearly, I was wrong because I assumed that they would keep well, that with the Well, you can't EA win every week, Nick. You did have the good yeah, prediction a week that. before, and then you failed the week after. It just, it just yeah, comes I, with the territory. I, yeah, and, and KOTOR 2, which was made by Obsidian Games, is now owned by Xbox. So that's almost surely not the developer. Um, for, and, and from what we've heard... Uh, from Jason Schreer and from other people out there in the in the so game we'll space, we'll never guess who it is. Yeah, that will never that will never guess who Spongy. it is. Bungie, and he, that would be fucking hilarious if it was Bungie. Um, I mean, now I mean they are independently owned now. Like they're not tied to Activision. They're not tied to Microsoft in any way. They they do their own thing. Um, but what may what may tip the hand here is that. Uh, you know, like you said, you'll never guess it. It's not a household name. More more often than not, those really, I don't want to say small, but those lesser known studios are better known for essentially ports yeah, or remakes. Right. So 
it, it wouldn't surprise me if they did do that. Um, it is it is interesting though. I mean, I I I don't want a remake. I want a Kotor three. Um, you know, Star Wars: The Old Republic, which is you know in that universe, happens three hundred years after the original Kotor. So there's still a lot so, of time. Yeah, you would for like you to, something to, to in, in between Kotor and Swator. Exactly. That's what that's what my and aim new. Is. I, I guess like and, and we'll get into more of these because that was a fan question of the week. And you know, what, what do you want a remake or something new? And I, I guess I should have been clear because I was it. I think it was the latest Jay and Silent Bob movie, which starts a little slow, but then gets right into you know Kevin's type of humor, and it, it's not bad. But yeah. they, there's a whole skit, a whole scene on <laughs> remakes versus a remaster Re- versus yeah. a reboot. And, and he makes a great point. Kevin does through the dialogue. I guess asking a re- asking about a remake is different than asking about a remaster. I would I would love a remaster of Kotor One. I want it in yeah. 2021 game engine visuals. Okay. I don't even care if you, you you fix the gameplay. I just want the game to look and sound like. 2021 2021 that to me would be a full-on remaster right or no yes yeah yeah i agree with that so so you're looking at a remake as like a almost like a reboot like go back no i'm looking at it as exactly what i said for remaster i'm just stupid and put remake but i think people understood what i was saying now i'm just getting dumb and getting like nuanced (laughs) with jay and silent jay and silent bob 2 script shit uh, but I'd yeah. say I was more asking about a, a remaster to make it look pretty, not necessarily yeah, remake and it and change the gameplay. Just, you know, put put the lipstick on the pig thing. Yeah. And I think that there's like to a degree, there is value in doing that because it introduces the game to a completely new audience who should know this yes. game. Like if, the, if, you, if you know one Star Wars game in history, it should probably without be this a doubt, one without a was, doubt. Yeah. I mean, because this. This not only brought Star Wars storytelling and video games to a new level, it also expanded the the universe in a completely unknown right. and unthought I mean, Nick, of way. I, I think like, you said the more important thing. At the time when this was made, games like this didn't exist. Having player yeah. choice that could affect the outcome and your relationships and your mission types, this was groundbreaking, at least for consoles at that time. Because when did this come out? Is this like 2000? One, two, two thousand three, I believe. Yeah, I know it was on the big, big so, old black Xbox is where I first played it. So it, it is. So I, I'm, I'm yep. with you. I, I obviously what we're talking about here, a new Kotor game in development. I, I want it to be brand new. Uh, I would, yeah, I would I love it to, it to as Nick said, continue on. You know, maybe, maybe you hear about the events with with Revan and Malik. Maybe you hear about the events with the Triumvirate. But you're mm-hmm. you're executing, you're you're going on an entirely new journey. So I'm with you there. But I'm not yeah. gonna lie. I, I would still, as many times as I, I've played this game, and I'm still slowly. I'm on like a year long replay on the iPad. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I I do want a nice shiny 2021 non cyberpunk glitchy version of Kotor. Yeah, and it could be that too because we know recently. 
Star Wars, like official Lucasfilm and Star Wars, and everybody's been going through and shooting down all these fan remakes. Like you had a fan remake that was happening in Unreal Four that had been in development yeah. for like two years, and they essentially ca- and put you'd the think kibosh it would on be, it. Like, I mean, hey. obviously, it's, it would cost them a fair amount of money, as anything does these days. But you'd think it it, it would not be as big a, of a risk or investment a, a, as a brand new game. Because here yeah. they know they, they have they have almost a twenty year built in audience of schmoes like Nick and I that have bought it probably three four multiple five times. times on multiple platforms that would yeah. open up the wallets or pull down our pants and say slide it in pal we'll take it another yeah, version please. of it like please just give us something so um, yeah man I, it's 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 going to be interesting to see how this plays out I don't think that we're going to get. Like this definitely wasn't an official announcement. This was more of a leak slash rumor. You think but we'll, then it, we'll, it, it, we'll start to get more fleshed out information closer to the spring when a lot of the video game industry goes into its trade shows, if you will. I think GDC would be the first coming up in March here. I think so. I think we may get an official announcement on it at the very least. And then along with the official announcement would, of course, come the studio that's doing the, the developing. And hopefully at that point, we will get whether it is a remake or a you know continuation of and the this story. Is, Nick, this is still a a non celebration year, right? Yeah. Celebration I don't think pushed to twenty twenty two. Twenty twenty two, because it was supposed to be last right. year in Anaheim. And then I think the and reason then, they're not doing this year because this is one of their big D twenty three years, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And apparently that, yeah. so maybe we'll, we'll get something at, at D23, but if we are going to get anything concrete, I, I would say earliest E3. March, but probably if E3 still exists and they do anything f- for it, probably June. If you don't get it in June, then you know this, You're not this project is still in its infancy state and is not ready to be uh, shared with the world yet. So, yeah, it is. It, I mean, essentially though, what this does, if this is true, you now canonize the entirety like if this is a follow-up you immediately canonize the other two games because there's no way for you to put out a a sequel to these two games without saying the events of the two previous games happened in my mind nick once they started charging people money or put them in a game where people could pay money for it being swigo they're fucking yeah. canon. I mean, I mean uh, even light side Raven is canon at this point because of that damn game. So I don't give a shit. Yeah. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this is essentially the news that everybody wanted, that we're getting some sort of KOTOR, whether it be a follow-up or a remake, we're getting KOTOR. Good news all and, around, either way. If it's one or the yeah. other, I don't think uh, Star Wars fans that know about this franchise are going to be upset. Yeah, exactly. So just... Perfect. I, I hope it comes. I hope it comes out that uh, it is it is a sequel. But I will not be upset if we get a full blasted fucking PS5 ready, beautiful looking Kotor remake. I will play that for you know. Multiple I, I, I mean, hours. come on. I I'm dying for that because even the even the janky yeah. one on iPad where they do up res it a bit. It's still it's got the core of of what Kotor was when it first released. It really yeah. does drive you to keep playing. It just 
you know, I'm glad controllers finally work with, with iPads now. And if you do play on an iPad or your phone, you can cast it right to a TV. So, I mean, you, you, you technically can play one of the better looking versions of it now on a big screen with a console controller. Or I know you PC master racers, it, it probably already looks the best <laughs> over there. You're so awesome. I think that... I think that on PC, like the way that the Steam modding community works for that game is they've they've had people that have gone in and built like up-res texture packs. Yeah, so for probably it, so you can just it probably the looks like pack. the remastered version. We're sitting here circle jerking <laughs> ourselves over, but I, I'm still never going to get a PC rig. So, oh well. Yeah. Uh, but you know, we'll keep an eye out, and then uh, here in a in a little bit, we'll we'll kind of hear what some of the fans were wanting or their desires on this. It was kind of split. There's some some like me, some like Nick. Uh, but like I said, I, I would take both. I, I want that remaster yeah. just from just for the nostalgia's sake. Uh, but I love anything new. And as we were saying last week, when we know that we're hopefully going to get this open world Star Wars game that we've all dreamed about, uh, anything like that is good news for me. So let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it. All right, um, Nick. I, I think this one might have fell through the cracks. The, the stamps. I'm going to go to the stamps. Yeah, let's do the stamps. I mean, I didn't. Honestly, I didn't know about this came out today. today yeah, so actually. that's why you don't see yeah. it on the the iconic StarWarsTime.net homepage. We're just on StarWars.com, which is a lesser known Star Wars website than ours. But uh, every <laughs> once in a while, they have some good content. Uh, but I, I don't know. I mean, we we do a show. A lot of collectors listen to the show. We like art. We like real ass paint. Uh, I'm always intrigued in something that's going to, you know, cause people stress and anxiety if they're a collector. So it was announced today that the U.S. Postal Service is going to be releasing a new series of Star Wars stamps, all devoted to our favorite galactic droids. Dude, I I love that because it's so easy to go with like, oh, we're going to do the Skywalker family yeah. or we're going to do the, the the big name characters, but no. They fucking jump in oh, and they yeah. say, you know what? We're doing the droids. We're doing the droids that some of you may not even know the names of. We're bringing in 2-1-B. We're bringing in Chopper. For those of you who didn't watch Rebels, guess what? He's really awesome. Gonk. We're doing Dio. Gonk. I mean, all the ones that they chose were really awesome. I'm glad that this is uh, droid-focused. And honestly, like the the renderings that they have up here, these look fucking yeah, really good. Nice high pieces. I, I mean, I'm not kidding. There, I mean, there is a huge stamp collecting community out there. It just yeah. that's one aspect of collecting I never got into, just like coin collecting. But it's still the same thing. You're you're trying to build a full set to something to look at and go, ooh, I like it. It makes me happy. It makes my nipples hard. I mean, that's that's why we do this <laughs> stuff in the end. But as Nick said, uh, a lot of the droids are in there. And let's be real. Any Star Wars fan worth their salt knows that the droids in any Star Wars project are the true heroes. Without yeah, the droids, they, they the, the meatbags are dead multiple times. I mean, we can trace back. There would be no meeting of Padme and Anakin without R2-D2. Padme would be dead. All yeah. right. Luke, Luke Skywalker again. He'd be dead multiple times without R2-D2. Remember, yeah. R2 had to fix his, his deflectors or whatever the fuck they were in the Battle of, of Yavin. Uh, I mean, R2... Uh, I mean, R2 probably has the most uh, Boy Scout medals I mean, R2 for, for saving in, in lives. Episode 3 yeah. takes out all those fucking, you know, the, the B2 B2s. battle droids. Sends the, you know, has the, the comm link for Anakin and Obi-Wan. Like he, I mean, he, he without was essentially, R2, how does Luke get his green lightsaber when he's trying to kill Jabba the Hutt? I mean, come on. But 
we got the droids and here i'm gonna scroll through you know bb8's gonna have one why do you think the the forever usa is scratched out is that like just a new style that ups is doing because their budget has been yeah, cut to everything and they uh, it's weird um yeah, I don't. I don't. But anyways, BB-8 that. is going to be on one. Of course, Goldenrod is going to be there. And that Goldenrod looks like a fucking Hot Toys picture they just plugged on top it, of a stamp. Yeah, they, it's very possible. My man Chopper. I have to. The Chopper I, I still think good. Chopper is one of the best astromechs. He's such an ornery oh, wow. asshole. Love him. Yeah, he's Dio. He, yeah, whatever Dio. There's the Gonk. You gotta love the Gonk. IG-11. Yeah. IG-11. Yeah, you gotta feel bad for 88. You know. 11, know, 11 right? gets, IG-88 just gets completely He's gone. Like he's, been, he's been basically overwritten in, in the IG line of, of, of uh, iconic droids in Star Wars because of, really, Kawil changing the programming mm-hmm. of IG-11. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then we got Fuck. 2-1-B. That's the, the droid that saved Luke a couple times, gave him a new yep. hand, gave him a back-to-bath. There's our boy we were talking about earlier, K-2. K-2. Lee. So. She runs, runs the Falcon, me, and there's our little man yeah. right there, R2 of R2. D2, R2 Sir D2. <laughs> um, yeah, man, I, I, I like all their choices, too, because, I mean, yeah, they, there's a lot that they didn't put in there, uh, but I like the ones that they yeah, did Yeah, I guess choose. the reason it's, they went with this, and I, I always love this because I'm in, in the STEM fields, but this was all to, these droids are a nod to Lucasfilms, as well as its parent company, Disney's commitment to science, technology, engineering, and math. Stuff that is factual go. and you can prove in black or white. Yep. Very good cause. Facts are good, good science cause. is better. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Yeah, nice. uh, so, are those stamps available now? Are they? I mean, why would why would we tell people soon? that, Nick? We just we just pull shit up <laughs> and, and vomit all over it and then move on. Uh, it, yeah, it, yeah. It does not look like it, it is the spring twenty twenty. Yeah, there you go. It's coming in a in a pain of twenty, so it's not like you have to worry about getting each one. You can probably just go and be like, "Yo, I want the Star Wars set." There you go, and, you'll get all and then you can use them or or collect them, frame them, do whatever you want. Uh, I know Scion. He likes framing boxes and stuff, so he'd probably he'd probably like these yeah, stamps. That was a pretty that was a pretty cool idea. That's yeah, he's doing there. it yeah, too. Spring twenty twenty. He's actually, I believe, Scion is hunting down boxes to buy from people just to create really? the, the mural. Uh, I could be. Well, I could maybe be making he can get up. in touch with with, with some of our. Uh, well, I wish I remembered like that Blaine. because I don't know if Blaine's a box guy. No, I'm not because every time I get a box, if I can rip it open and throw it out, I, I guess I should start saving <laughs> my Black Series boxes for Scion. Sorry, buddy. Yeah. All right, before we get into the fan segment, we we do have a, a, a little toy collecting thing. Remember, we used to open with yeah. the toy collecting, but now we, we save it closer to the fan segment. Uh, but last week was a was a expensive week for myself, Nick, and it it, it kind of got initiated by the reveal that Hot Toys has a one six scale dark trooper figure to collect now. Mm-hmm. These motherfuckers Woo! look badass. Yeah, so mm-hmm. when Man. I saw that, I was like, all right, yeah, that that's going to the wave. And once I got on the site, you know, we, we checked them out. It's a fairly basic figure for, I think, $260. Uh, it's, it's a larger figure, but you're not getting a ton with it, which makes sense. I mean, they yeah. didn't have much on them. They're essentially a Star Wars Terminator. So really all you get is their gat. I think their heads light up. Uh, you get some interchangeable hands. But I, I had to add yeah. this figure to my set. 
Uh, yeah, no, dude, Blaine. No, so no, no, Blaine. We're, we're not. We can't do that here. No way am I getting into army building with one six scale. I can't do it. I, I know some of you do it. It's it's just bad. I, I can't. I can't do it. So please, please, please don't put those thoughts into my head. I'll try like yeah. Blaine taught us and I'll try doing my layering and stuff and just take multiple shots of the same figure to make it look like I have a bunch. Right. Right, everyone. I can do it. Yeah. I can do it digitally. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> I, I had to pre-order this guy, and once I was on Sideshow, I was like, shit, I forgot how to, no, not, not how to, I, I, I will never forget how to blow money on Star Wars toys, but I forgot all the other Mandalorian six scales that they announced around Christmas time. Oh, no. So Nick, I get in there with this guy, I'm like, oh yeah, that's a, that's a pre-order, cha-ching, layaway plan, because yep. that's the best way to do it. And then uh, I was like, oh, shit, I forgot. They released the Shore Troopers. Hey, look at that. There's two versions. There's the regular Shore Trooper and the Lieutenant. Pre-order, pre-order. Oh. I was like, oh, <laughs> fuck. That, the tank commander that's technically Din, even though you don't get a Din head sculpt with it. Well, I got all the other Mandalorian 1-6 scale. You can't leave him out. Pre-order. Before you knew it, I had four Hot Toys pre-ordered, four... NRD deposits committed on my Discover card. $100 basically of non-refundable deposits in a bill. Easily $1,000 pre-orders. On top of, and this is what really kind of made me check myself in the toy rehab. I went and looked at all my other open orders from Sideshow. I don't even want to tell you how many I have open on top of the four I just added. Oh no! Let's just say it is in that, the, it's it's a, in the high teens of open Hot no. Toys orders on top of adding four to it. Matt Matt took like a mental hiatus from the toy collecting and toy photography, and he thought that the mental hiatus just canceled all his pre orders for him. And then he goes in to see. Oh, oh no. my god! Twenty twenty one is going to be a big year. <laughs> but I just the, the, these things just look so damn great. And and as I said, I it have does. started doing shoots again with the hot toys just so I can put them in their nice little glass homes, so I can really appreciate them. And <laughs> I don't know what was going on this Saturday, but I, it was the first time I just kind of sat down in my basement and and looked at my shelves with the lights on, with a, most of my hot toys put away, and I was like, you know what? As much as these things give me heartburn when I'm doing the toy shoots or knowing how much I've spent on them, when I do see them lined up here, being a hardcore Star Wars fan, it is. It, it's like looking at a collection of little art pieces. And, yeah. and I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I do like this shit. And I, I was catching little Charlie. She'd be down here just plopped in front of the cases, just looking at them, just staring at them in, in uh-huh. awe. Like, oh, it's like church. All right. That this is my church now <laughs> is looking at my Hot Toys figures. Yeah, look at Blaine's in here. They get more. They're, they're Cylons. They are very Cylon-ish looking. There's no doubt about it. They, they, yeah, they do. They uh, do but the I think they had better dubstep music than the Cylons from uh, BSG. Yeah. Uh, but these are out there. You can, like I said, you can pre-order them two sixty a pop. You've got time. I mean, a lot of these Mando figures are not coming out until twenty twenty two. So to me, it's basically like you're not even spending money on it. You just commit to buy it. <laughs> Once the payment plans kick in, it's usually a year or so down the road, and you're like, "Hey, fuck it! I just got charged from Sideshow again. I guess uh, I'm getting a figure soon." 
Yeah, it's like, hey. That's, that's, that's what I mean. <laughs> layaway or bust, man. Because when you do layaway, it, the, the pain just isn't the same, even though you're spending the same amount of money in the end. It's just yeah, no, when, I when you break it out over a couple months versus the, the, the wad, it just makes it way more justifiable. Yeah, way easier. So, I mean, that's the last piece of news before our fan segment. And like Matt mentioned, and like we were talking about earlier in the show, our fan segment is kind of focused on our fan question is focused on the KOTOR either remake or new game. So we put out the question or Matt put out the question. Do you want the rumored KOTOR game to be a remake or a full on new experience set in the new era? Explain. Um, So Matt, do you want to, we got OACs here. Like you mentioned, OAC jumped in for this one. Do you want to read the OAC response and then I'll take the yeah, rest? Yeah, that's good because I got to take a piss. So perfect. <laughs> and somehow my the scene's all broken real quick. So uh, I'll read his. I'll fix the scene. I'll take a leak and we'll be on. You don't need to see me. That's it's not, okay. No, it's literally it's like <laughs> Slack now for some reason covers everything at the bottom of the page. I love you, OBS. Thank you. All right, so OAC, it's good to have him back, uh, dropping a comment for the show here. So for this one, I say new experience. I want the remakes of KOTOR so badly, but I'd love to see another storyline unfold as well. KOTOR era was more than just Revan and Malik, so why not tell more? I just want them to make sure it's seriously the Old Republic and High Republic. The Jedi didn't start when Yoda was younger, as High Republic seems to take place, so let's just get the timeline right. (laughs) Ha ha. But but as yeah. I still really want the remakes, been waiting for years. So, I, I mean, OAC kind of took my approach where definitely want the remasters, remakes, but new stuff, it would be appreciated. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And, and like he mentioned, and if you played KOTOR 2, which introduced, you know, it's not just Malak. Like you said, it introduced Treya and Sion and Nihilus in these other factions of, you know, the, the Sith empire and all of these other antagonists that are in the universe at the same time, he's right. There's a lot of stories to tell beyond just like, Hey, Darth Malak is a bad guy. I got to take him out. Darth Revan was a bad guy. You're Darth Revan. Um, so yeah, I, I totally agree that there's a lot of room for expansion of stories being told here, especially, you know, because of the, the characters that were already established and that, that we could see pop back up. So, uh, totally agree there. Uh, next up is Papa Palpatine, our good right, friend. I'll, I'll let you go with our, with our boy Papa because it, it's leaking. I'm out. All right. So he says, depends on who's in control. If John or Dave oversee it, I'm fine with whatever they do. If not, I'll take the remake. So Papa doesn't trust anybody, any other creators other than John or Dave at this point. Um, if not, he'll take the remake. And I don't think just to, you know, I hate to shoot you, shoot you down so quickly, Papa. I don't think that John and Dave are going to get too invested into the video game or the storytelling on the video game side of things. If they do, I mean, fucking all the better. Uh, But it's probably not going to be John or Dave. 
it will probably be somebody you have never even heard of, honestly. Like it'll be a a writer for whoever the studio is that's working over there that's gotten their script or their story approved by whoever needs to approve it at Lucasfilm to get it done, but probably not going to be a John or Dave project. Yeah, I mean, it it would be great. And in our dreamland, Nick, to me, Dave Filoni is the story group. Everything would need to at least be ran by him to make sure it it checks all the boxes. Uh, But these gentlemen are not going to get mixed up in, in, in game design, game narrative. They, they have their bread and butter right now. I mean, that, that is going to be the, the Mando timeline and all the shows that are going to kind of create that revolve around that timeline. So, uh, they're busy. And and like we said, I I don't think Dave is done with animated Star Wars either. So, uh, there's a good chance he'll be working on another animated project as well. Yeah. If anything, I, I hope, and I don't know if they've reached out to him. I hope they get back in contact with the original creator of, of Revan and Malik. And that is Drew Carpetian who, who had, you know, he, he worked on those games. He also wrote the, uh, the Darth Bane trilogy of books as well. I mean, he is a fantastic creator of villains for star Wars. And if they were to, to expand the narrative, I would hope that they would at least consult him or, you know, if not just straight up hire yeah. him. Um, so, Next up, we got Lima Four Photos. He's in the chat right now. It's early, wherever um, Lima is at, uh, Philippines yeah, or whatever. It's, it's, it's early. early for Lima. I think he said it was like five oh, thirty in the shit. morning, and then tones dipped out because it was uh, yeah, getting I'm late glad, over there. I'm glad Blaine kind of jumped in the chat to just see the the great reaction he's gotten. I mean, at this point, Nick, I no, think yeah, you and I can him. quit the show. Yeah, I know. They, they've essentially <laughs> said that Blaine is the new host of the Star Wars Time Show. We don't need to do it well, they, anymore. They definitely so. like the the interviews, and, and I guess having all three of us was the ticket. So we do appreciate the feedback. Yeah. We try. We the, try. The next thing next thing I want to do is the next time we get an interviewer is to t- to challenge them, to have them challenge somebody else to come on and do an there interview. There you go. That's so a good idea. So we get idea. the organic. Yes. We get the organic rolling. And then, you know, Blaine throws out like, you know what? I challenge you, Jason B. Michael, to come on the Star Wars time show. And <laughs> that's how, they, then we don't even have to do I anything. I mean, everyone, just doing you, it you do know that Nick is a, he is a social media marketing expert. Marketing. So, you know, yeah, I just got to get him to start that's marketing how- the Star Wars time show. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so that's the ne- next time we get somebody on. I, like, we'll I do have, like that, and, and, like, like throwing down the gauntlet. All right, you yeah, pussy. Okay. <laughs> can yeah. you, can you sit in the hot seat the- for almost two hours with these two idiots? <laughs> there we uh, go. See, Easy, easy. Uh, so Lima says, I'd be okay with either, but somehow I'd lean towards, uh, towards a remake a bit more than something totally new. Maybe a few tweaks at most, maybe some Easter eggs here and there that somehow tie into the High Republic stuff. It will, uh, if it will make sense. So going with a remake with some tweaks, kind of like we talked about a little bit earlier, maybe changing the combat system a little bit, maybe updating, you know, updating the graphics for sure. But maybe, you know, just taking some of those older game mechanics that were new back in 2003, updating them for 2021 timeline. Um, I don't know about Easter eggs for High Republic. We're we're talking like, I mean, unless they course correct, we're talking not hundreds of years, like thousands of years, right? You're talking like 32 to 30, like 3,200 years between High Republic yeah, and Old Republic. Thousands. 
Yeah, so m- multiple thousands of years. I don't know. I mean, they could if they, if you just wanted to drop I mean, in like a, as much as I don't want to say it. I, I I'm pretty sure the High Republic was created so Disney could have their hooks fully into a somewhat historical uh, take on the galaxy era. versus going exactly. full on to the Kotor era. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they do kind of throw in some new Easter eggs. I mean, they can do it course they can do it they can throw in easter eggs anywhere and it doesn't have to be relevant to the timeline but uh could happen next up impala austin who is big uh, Amish, i believe right I do. Is that big you keep Uh-oh. going i'm good Matt- no okay so impala austin says well i'm a faf fake ass fan i've yet to play any <laughs> of them ass fan. <laughs> oh my god i mean that does hurt my soul a little bit that that we have you a know I, i've, I've gathered though I, I think uh, Big Amish is is a young a, a youngin, right? I mean, I, I think yeah, he's in I his mean, he knows early twenties. I believe in the chat here. He's like, "Hey guys, AOTC's one of my favorites because that's the first movie I ever saw in the theater." You know, so he's probably a, a youngin when that came out. So, I mean, he was probably a baby when Kotor dropped, right? Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're in your twenties now, but yeah, Nick's right. It's still no excuse yeah, to yeah. you. You should have played it by now. Big Amish. No, it's, it, it is available <laughs> in so many different places. Like Matt said, you can get on your phone for. You can literally get on your phone for like five. Yeah, bucks. I'm sure. I mean, he's and a union if, electrician. I'm sure you get some breaks throughout the day. Throw it on your phone and and just you yeah, know get get some is, quest time in in between uh hold that in between shit. shifts. Uh, he says, I've been planning on buying them and just playing on my laptop for a while now. I just haven't had the time. Matt just addressed that union breaks. <laughs> uh, that being said, no matter what it happens to be, I'll be playing it. I'll be playing the OGs That's first. Good, good so man. He's gonna, right. Before the new one good comes man. out, he's going to play the originals. There you go. That's a good call. Uh, Jay Moore 3000, I know he was in the chat earlier. He says, definitely not a remake. There's very little they could do to improve the originals, especially Kotor 1. Let's get some new storylines going. So he's Nick Jr. Um, definitely not in terms of storytelling. Like, I wouldn't say to like go back and remake it and like tweak anything in the story. Like, no. keep the same dialogue lines, keep the same yes, everything. Just visuals, man. That's all I want. Just visuals. Yeah, just, just visual update, maybe a tweak to the combat system. Here's the thing, though, is that you're likely going to have to re-record voice lines. Yeah. Like, you would have to re-record yeah, I, I was gonna all say, the you, dialogue. You probably have to redo all the audio. Yeah, but just keep it, keep everything the same. Just do an update to it. So not really changing anything. But uh, uh, he wants new storylines as well. And then from our official PR person, I, I, I want to break this to you, Spencer, because you are now an official Star Wars yeah, Time kick employee. Yeah, you can't be included in the fan segment. We'll still talk about you. Don't worry. I'll yeah. yell about you're something. You're no longer a fan. You are an employee. So your opinion does not you're count. You're a volunteer. <laughs> we don't pay. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, so, write it off on your taxes uh, so le- or some shit. Yeah, the last time you will ever be included <laughs> in the fan segment. Um, uh, so Spencer says... I heard that. I actually, I literally just him. skipped this question. I was like, I fuck it. <laughs> nope. Fuck no, go, go ahead. Give him, give him his due. So he says, uh, reworking. He said, I heard they had discussed reworking them together into a story for current canon. I'd rather um, just. 2 2. Read it two, like you two, wrote it. Re- yeah. I'd rather. This them is our PR person, two, by the two way. Reworks. <laughs> uh, where they can keep what they can and update the graphics. Tell as much of the same story as possible. I don't think that they're going to do that. I don't know where you heard. I don't know if that was like a, 
you know, one of the the leakers or somewhere out there on the on on Reddit. I it is heavily doubtful that they're going to take both games and then just squish them together and combine them into one. One, it wouldn't work because your your main characters are Nick, different. They weren't really even main, connected, were it, they? Like Kotor one and two weren't even really connected, right? Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think that there was any direct connection between them. It was just you're working in the yeah, same. Kind era of the of same time. sandbox mechanics and whatnot, but yeah. it's not like you know. Clearly, uh, you're you're no longer playing Revan. You're just a, a no name. Yeah, you're you're your own protagonist. But I don't good think good Spencer. Would do that. You know, it's all all we can ask is, is <laughs> for you to try because we're not like Yoda. Would, we're not like Yoda. We're not going to give you the do or do not. There is no try. Trying's okay. You, you can yeah, you can try. <laughs> Um, it will be interesting to see if they do choose to do the KOTOR 2, though, because that is that is largely an overlooked game. And, and while the narrative isn't as good as KOTOR 1, it's still Nick, very good. I've, I've only like, played that once and never have gone back, and I'm not saying I hated it. It just, it was a, it would have been right when Matt was becoming a real adult and having corporate America gigs and whatnot. So, I, you know, I played it, enjoyed it, and then that was it. I do want to go yeah. back to it. I mean, I still have the Xbox disc, and I know it will load in my Xbox. Yeah, and and now you you inevitably see KOTOR 2 characters in, in everyday life because of SWOTOR. You're seeing either Scion, Nihilus, Trey, or something like that. You know, uh, So I think that that one does equally deserve a remake yeah, as well. If, I'm if all they, for remake, remaster. But like yeah. you, I, I mean, there's clearly a, a huge potential for brand new brand yeah, new is going to suck exactly. in everybody's going to suck in people like us but it's also going to capture the tension of uh, your your core gamer at this point in time yeah uh last one here from cavern angels leader he says i just wanted to not ruin darth revan <laughs> and to be able to fly the Ebenhoff. so oh, it. if it's a re if it's a remake or remaster, remake slash remaster, you're fine. They they probably won't touch Revan, um, or the the story around him will not change. The only way that they're re- that they would really have the ability to ruin him is if they did like a reboot, like you know if they if they were to say like, hey, we're gonna use the same characters, but we're gonna kind of reboot it and tell like a similar story with some different. Yeah, I don't even want that. Uh, like I said, remaster. No, yeah, I or bust or brand new. You, you don't don't try to. Yeah. This is a Kotor one is a game that does not need any fixing outside of the dated visuals. Period. I mean, if you go go to any like, any any video game website, um, and look at their like top one hundred games of all time list, Kotor is guaranteed to be on every yeah. one of them. Like if if you have a video game website that doesn't have Kotor, at least They're in their stupid. top one hundred. If not their top fifty of all time, they, and I they know are that's mistaken. an opinion, and we shouldn't say that, but it's it's a fact <laughs> at that point. You're just dumb. Yeah, I mean, I th- like that game literally revolutionized single game, single player storytelling uh, in a way that, that that had never been done before. But so. you did have a good point. Um, if it is going to a smaller, lesser name studio, it could very well be the the old remaster approach because it's less resources, less money. You're still going to get a return on your investment at that point. So, oh yeah, you know, you you figure if you're doing a full fledged follow up, you're going to give it to 
a studio that has some sort of reputation behind it for being a good storyteller or a good game mechanic builder or something like that. Um, so we'll we'll see again the the con circuit quote unquote con circuit would be coming around uh, in the beginning to middle of 2021 if there is a con circuit likely to be online again. Uh, so we may hear something at that point. But uh, again, right now, all, all we know is that it's in development somewhere. I, I would hope by it. by June when the E3 usually drops and whatever format they do it this, this season, we're getting something on this, but more importantly, more on the actual Lucasfilm announcements. You know, they, they yeah. didn't put that announcement out early January just for fun. There is a there is a plan in 2021. Yeah, uh, we're they're either going to fucking blow our socks off. They're like, yo, that Ubisoft game, by the way, it's been in development for three years and it's dropping holiday 2021. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if that happens. I also wouldn't be surprised if you're like, well, yeah, this is it. We've been building it. It looks great, but it's down the road type of game. Yeah, I mean, really, you haven't had a full fledged, you know, full triple a title release since fucking fallen order like that was the last yeah, one and that we're was already talking well over a year at this point yeah uh, that was november so, 2019 the I way they so. the way the game industry goes there's a good chance either that code tour shit we're talking about or ubisoft's game has been cranking for a year or more uh, and we could, exactly. I would love, I mean, I'd love to get that Ubisoft game as a surprise in 2021. I, I don't think that's going to happen. And I, a part of me is okay with that because being someone that did adopt the new consoles, there has to come a point in time where developers are like, okay, enough's enough. We're only going to start building our games for the new stuff. Fuck the old stuff. Uh, and we've yeah. seen what happens when you try to dip your toe into too many generations of machines with cyberpunk. It, it, this time more than ever like technology is increasing so much you devs can't fuck around anymore you can't say i'm yeah. making a, a mega triple a game like cyberpunk but oh i'm going to develop it for the xbox the series x the pc no and it happens every generation they essentially just make the decision like no, that's it the xbox one we're not developing PS4, new games for you. Off. PS4 games, you're done. You got all this old stuff. Have fun with your nostalgic consoles. So there is a part of me that would prefer if they just are designing this game for next gen only, which would mean that yeah, it's probably so. a 2022-23 drop. Mm -hmm. I would hope so. I would hope so. I mean, I don't want there to be... I mean, and look... There, it's also it also comes down to a numbers point for the developer or, or for the manufacturer, because if they're seeing like all right, early adoption for Xbox Series X is slow, so we don't want to have too many exclusives over here because we know that people won't buy them. <laughs> like, you know, it's it's all about where where you see when you start to see that shift in in market share. And then once yeah. the Series X and the PS5 have yeah, the, the data you know, scientists, the they, they've share. got their charts, they've got their, you know, their fucking yeah. scrum meetings, they'll figure it out. But there, <laughs> yeah. there is a time and always, at least for us console people, there's a it's usually a year to a yeah, year it's, and a it's half. It's a after weird release. time period where you're not really getting the best experiences on the new machine because motherfuckers are still developing ports for the old stuff. And, and exactly. Cyberpunk is the absolute 
proof in the pudding of, of what that can do to a game and the vision of the developer. It can destroy it. Destroy it. Yeah. Uh, I need to get back. All I need right. to. I, I've I've gotten a point in Cyber Nick where I'm on the last act, but I think I'm going to save that for the actual next gen patch. I was gonna I was gonna ask you about. I, that I do want to realize that... some of the game in what it should look like on the Series X. I do. Yeah, because they've announced now that it's like mid to late this year, yeah. right? The the so official... I, I I took a break this yeah. weekend and I'm I'm still taking advantage of the Xbox Game Pass, which so far really has been quite useful and and entertaining Uh, but i fired up the gears tactics which is just fantastic it's it's gears of war xcom if you like the xcom that type of strategy uh, turn-based but with the gears mantra fantastic nice all right man it's that time right it it is time for this week's top five star wars fan artist features and it is a top one week it so is. i got to play a little bit but as always nick is the he's the curator of the top five i just throw them out there throughout the week on our instagram account remember if you want to get featured if you want to possibly make the top five or a top one just like I told Blainer things earlier, you got to at Star Wars Time Show and then use the hashtag Star Wars Time Show. And it's not so much because we're narcissists and think we're one of the better feature pages out there. We know that. So that isn't narcissism. Yeah. It's we really just want to see all of your Star Wars creations because otherwise we do not, thanks to the algorithm. We could follow every one of you motherfuckers and still not see any of your work. So keep the tags and the hashtags, and that's how you can go down in infamy by making one of Nick's top five Star Wars Artists of the Week features. There we go. And this week, I got to say, this week is a is a really killer week. I don't know if it was just people are, you know, like Matt had a bunch of really fantastic. Remember, Nick, I'm over the break. I am or... operating right now. We're going to be getting a mix of shots from December. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say new like, ones. These are I, all... I do have a system, but I I typically at this point uh, yeah, we're at 260 large in the two feature folder for Instagram <laughs> and it dates back to mid-December at this point all the way up till January 26th. Well, there we go. I mean, and and these shots are just all of these are top yeah. quality. I love them all. Not that any other top five week is low quality, but these are, I, I really like all of these. I, I got strong feelings here. And this first one here is from at galactic underscore correspondence. And it's, it's a shot unlike anything I've ever seen before in the, in terms of the focus. So like we've seen shots like this, where it is a kind of a silhouetted, yeah, it's, view it's of a silhouette on shot a for sure. I mean, it's all, all the subjects, yeah. all you can see are their outlines and everything else. They're, they're essentially shadows. But what the the focus is, is it's B1 battle yeah. droids. And forever, you've essentially said that, you know, B1 battle droids, you know, are are basically they're they're bots. They 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 have personalities to a degree from the from the Clone Roger, Wars Roger. series. But they're yeah, they're Roger Rogers. They don't really show emotion. But this shot from Galactic Correspondence perfectly gives these b1 battle droids a sense of emotion they do, yeah, they and a do sense feel of alive. individualism right. they, they, they do yeah. feel like even more modified grievances where there is a meat sack in there there is an organic being uh, but their whole shell yeah. is is bionic robotic whatever 
Uh, this is to me, Nick, this is like, this is where the hobby becomes uh, true art. It's all art to me, but I mean, this, this is like an art piece, a painting, something you'd, you'd hang up. It, it does, it it could be one of those motivational posters almost, right? Where there's like one word, like uh, loss or exactly perseverance, (laughs) uh, because that's, that's what the droids, that's what they're uh, uh, emitting, I guess, or emanating from the, the picture. And I, I don't know, Galactic Correspondence excels at these type of shots. Uh, the, the, the it's a perfect, like his name and his focus, like his his type of photography meshes so perfectly because it is, this looks like a wartime yeah. picture. You know, like this Galactic Correspondent is yeah, sitting no, you know, right, on Nick, the bottom yeah, it of is. the It's hill. like he's, you know, he's a, a news person there, a, a, a wartime yeah. photographer uh, you know, embedded with the separatists or embedded with a, with a Republic cell and, and he's capturing the horrors of, of war. So, uh, yeah. And it, I, I love if you scroll through his feed, that is exact. Like he takes on that persona. Like one of his shots is it's like a magazine cup news from the front. Yeah. And if you scroll down a little bit farther, you see the war on Malastare. It is. All, it is. I mean, he in. just fully bought into this this persona of being a a correspondent. I mean, currently reporting from Surler. Breaking news will yeah. continue to be reported from Urbana, Geonosis, Naboo, etc. Like fully embracing Dude. the the idea that Galactic Correspondence is a wartime photographer during the Clone Wars. Dude, I love it, man. And if you click into, and this is another guy who gives you stories along with the shots. If you click into any one of his pictures, like this one here, part one, close encounter with reptilian rebels in the outer streets of Ukada, the old town. Like, and then he goes on to give you, like each shot will give you more information about where they are, where things are happening. And I just... I, I really enjoy this this the account and the and way they also that use the, the owner like random it. figures. I mean, if you go a few uh, shots down, he's got a bunch of Dugs like Sabalba aliens. Yeah, it's like where where where's that even come from? But it's awesome. It's Star Wars are together. It's it's war. You got the uh, three eyes here. I forget what those aliens are called. Grands. That's, um, yeah. No, it, it is excellent. A, a great page to follow. Like I said, just fully embraces uh, the idea of being a wartime photographer during the, the Clone Wars in the Star uh, Star Wars galaxy. So, yeah, definitely give give him a follow. Yeah, a, a I mean, severely he, underfollowed account, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. especially for the amount of work and the creativity that he's putting in, not only for the shots themselves, right. but for the right stories the narrative. that he's so telling. Come on, the tens of Star Wars time showers, if you're not following mm-hmm. yet, hit them up. At galactic yeah. underscore correspondence. Oops, and if it is a female, I'm sorry, hit hit them up. How's that? Yes, hit them up. Um, next up, we have a fantastic And they shot changed their name. By, um, so Go ahead, keep going. I'm going to find the real name. Go ahead. I would say, so we did share it from A. Dominguez Lavin, but he has since changed his name to something else, and we don't know what it I'll is yet. There. So, <laughs> but what what we see is a, a fantastic portrayal of the battle between Ahsoka and Darth Vader on Malastare 5, or Malkor 5. Matt was talking about right, that last week from Rebels. is at Jedi underscore Knight underscore inside so jedi knight inside with underscore separating the words 
there we go. Jedi Knight inside. And the shot is, I mean, it is, it perfectly captures not only the atmosphere and the essence of Malachor five that we saw in rebels, but it also is a, I mean, it's posed so well. Cause you, it's when Ahsoka is like jumping right. up towards Vader, Saber's ignited behind her, and then Vader's just kind of looking just up. Waiting for it. It's, yeah. it's, it's a it's a perfect snapshot of a moment and from it's, this fight. It's, it's, well, I, I always know him as a Domingo, but um, Jedi Knight inside. I mean, it's it's kind of his style. Is uh, lots of uh, different colored light, lots of atmosphere in there. Uh, you know, kind of razzing out the lightsabers, making them look a little unstable. Oh, it is. It's a, it's a yeah. very eye-catching shot. Great. Love the colors, like you said, the pose. And just going through this episode again, this is a Twilight of the Apprentice uh, dual episode arc in season two of Rebels. Some of the best Star Wars content out there. And this is when Ahsoka finally allows herself to accept the fact that, that Vader, this horrible being she's been hearing about for really for Ahsoka for what, almost 15 years at this point? Um, yeah. she finally lets herself believe that it that Except it's Anakin because uh, yeah. he I mean she she nicks his mask and sees his face and he almost snaps out of it for a second but I mean he's too far gone at this point and he, he yeah. goes to, to try and kill her and then you know all, all shit hits the fan and here we go enact the world between worlds Ezra yeah it's uh, I love this shot this, like this was really the one in the whole bunch that caught my eye the most because it is such a poignant it, it, it's another one like galactics fight. it's just it's very artsy feeling and i, I don't want to yeah, discount it, yeah. anyone else all every all of you motherfuckers make art some just look like art pieces wall hangers i know i'm i'm i'm, I'm flailing right now but it just whatever you know what the fuck i'm saying yeah just <laughs> just, just put it on big pieces of paper yeah. so we can purchase yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, next up, we got one of our favorites, oh, yeah. good buddy, at Papa Palpatine Photography. Um, and and, and it's, it's a signature Papa shot. It is badass <laughs> Boba Fett, Neo Boba Fett, in, in uh, uh. Matt's opinion, just killing, not even killing, well, hold, hold on, let's, let's be real, Nick. Legion if we use the term, it is new Boba Fett. It is. So Neo, yes, yes it is not my opinion. It is truth. <laughs> yeah, this is this is it's, pop specialty here. Just just brutality. Yeah, I mean, look, look at that, Nick. He's got the one trooper's head. His his neck's already snapped. Completely. <laughs> just it's yeah, like I was gonna say, completely just turned. It, it snapped in half. I mean, it, it's so bust. This dude's neck is so busted. He's looking behind himself right now, as Boba extends forward with his lovely little, you know, Scottish kilt these days. Right, he's got that that, yeah. that man skirt on. Just one-handed, blown away another trooper with his blaster rifle. Uh, you know, it, it, like like Nick said, it, it, it's vintage Triple P. Yeah, it is. It, look it's, at, it's I mean, really just look at all the, the dead bodies everywhere, like all the carcasses. I mean, <laughs> you, you can just see Neo Boba showed up and made these troopers' days very, very terrible. Exactly. Just was not so. a good day. I mean, it... And the beauty of Papa, a lot of times, is it's it's really no frills. It's he does his dios. Um, oh, by the way, both Papa and one six shooter 
got featured on Hasbro's Fan First Friday last week, Nick. I don't know if you saw that. Oh, but shit. I got my, you know, I'm, I'm a, I belong to the Hasbro Pulse. I got an email and lo and behold, it's like, hey, go check out this tutorial from Papa Palpatine and go check out this tutorial from 1-6. Uh, so congrats, guys. That's pretty awesome. But in the article, yeah, that's amazing. Papa pretty much said, like, listen, you know, I, I was kind of into design and this this stuff, but to me, what what toy photographers need to know and get good at it, it's the posing. It, but what he said first, I thought he was going to say posing because that's his specialty. He said it's lighting. Lighting is is what he considers to be the biggest key to creating a a great toy shot and. He, he, he definitely yeah, kicks I mean, ass at lighting and the posing and the setups and the ideas. So he, he's got it all. <laughs> he's got it all, even though he's saying, you know, lighting, that that's really my biggest focus. Now, Papa. Maybe maybe he's the next guy that we got to target for an I've interview. asked him to come on. Like, I think it was last year when things got a little squirrely in here about <laughs> opinions offline. I'm like, hey, dude, you know, if you want to come on and, and, and chat, let's do it. But didn't didn't take us up on it. So who knows? We we got our we'll PR see, maybe, guy. I mean, yeah. he he has a list. Yeah. He's he's working through some actual stars. Not that Blaine's not a star. He's a star in our world. But I'm talking like Star Wars royalty. As a hey, yeah, he's he's currently chatting with Hayden Christensen. <laughs> He'll <agent>. do it. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah, why we no. that's why we brought him. I mean, you need people like that in PR. I mean, let's be real. If you're in PR, you, you have to be a bit annoying. You have to be a bit of a pest yeah. uh, because you're going to get a lot of shit thrown at you, but you also more or less have to put out a lot of shit to kind of get into people's uh, worlds, convince them to do things they may not want to do and all that fun stuff. But at any time, we'll, we'll, uh, just based on the feedback we got today from having Blaine on and uh, Michael a, a month ago, we're trying to do more of the interviews. I mean, I'd love to say we'll do one a month, uh, doing them every week. I don't know if I can handle that. A little too much stress for me. Uh, just the technical, just yeah, the technical shit, to be honest with you. But and then yeah, it kind of extends the show out a little bit as well. Well, we're, so. we're at our three-hour mark. We probably would have done about. I think it was just you and I. We still would have done two and a half. So yeah. Anyways, so, we're we're rounding anyway. home. We're we're at the fun part yeah, here. So home. at Papa Palpatine fo- Photography, you know him. Give him a follow. If you're not following him, correct it. Correct that mistake. Next up, we got at Bud Futu here, and this was one of the early accounts that Matt told me about. I was like, hey, if you wanna, if you wanna really learn something about toy photography, see what this is about. Go follow Bud Futu. This guy's a master. And 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 what we got here is an incredible setup in general like he's he he has essentially built out an that's entire all town real by the tattooing. way like he he creates all those wow. dioramas and he sells them i mean so make sure to look at bud futu uh but if you are into getting pr- really high-end looking practical dioramas uh check out his at blue harvest studios account he is i believe he is taking commissions these days because Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully he's listening or he can correct us in a comment. I, I believe he's been either stuck in Thailand or working in Thailand for almost a year now during all this lockdown stuff and has used that time to get back to uh, producing high end Star Wars dioramas and taking commissions from people. Uh, so so check that stuff out. But but back to his shot that, that Nick selected. It, it yeah, really does. So I mean, shot, it looks like a fucking scene from the set of of, of A New Hope or Mandalorian, yeah, whatever. Somewhere, but what you see is an entire you know squadron of of stormtroopers 
um, walking into a tattooing town kind of in formation. So in line, and then you just have it, it. It's literally like a like a slice of this city in this moment. So you see, like two Jawas like peering around a corner. You see uh, a Jawa with a Bantha right there on the side. But then right right there on the edge, you see a little R two D two kind of on the left hand side of the the image, and you know walking over towards. They, it looks like Boba Fett standing in the doorway of this of this building. Oh, yeah. they're going, walking towards. Um, he hides a lot of these awesome little Easter eggs in these shots, and the, it, it really kind of brings, you know, brings it to life. Like this does look like, like a snapshot from a moment in time. Like if I had a dream scenario out there for this hobby, this guy would live next to me, right? <laughs> and I would yeah. be, I would do his 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 test shots or something. So I'd, I'd get to experience every creation he makes. Uh, without without buying buying it, I, or I would buy it. I, I'd be more than happy to pay money for this type of stuff. But this, to me, is the type of photography I love. is is the practical stuff. Everything is existing in the real world. You snap it in your camera, and outside of maybe tweaking some brightness or color tones, that's the shot. Uh, I'm yeah. blown away by by what people like Blainer do. Blainer things. Uh, work more or less black series plastic action when they incorporate the practical with the hardcore digital but bud futu is probably the the master of of pure practical sets backgrounds and setups yeah just absolutely incredible work having all of this in camera is just yeah crazy to think about like it's it's literally like Every time he does a shot, he's he's rebuilding scenes exactly how they did it when they were filming like A New Hope or fucking, you know, when they were using the actual miniatures to build out those scenes in the original trilogy. It's incredible. Um, beautiful stuff. All right. Next up, the last for the top five is going to be Germano underscore five one eight. And we get a really cool kind of Mando. <laughs> I like Grogu's arms. He's like, we. Hey, Mando and Grogu taking off. Mando's got his jetpack just shooting away from some scene. And it is, it's just like a cool, it's almost like a, like an Iron Man shot that you would see in a movie where like he takes off and you see it from the top and then he kind of like flies past the camera. Um, But it's with Din and Grogu. And I just thought it was a really cool, you know, capture of these two, the, the, the little baby and the papa as they're flying away from a battle scene. And like you said, the, the Grogu with his arms out, it, it totally fits that, that, you know, his personality, yeah. <laughs> just like he was on the speeder bike. He was like, yay, having fun. I can imagine that he's, you know, having a real good time when, when Papa Din takes off with his jetpack. Yeah, no, it, it, it's a quality shot. And I, I do think it's, it's practical in nature. The explosion is uh, at least, and this is a, the figure arch din always looks nice and shiny. So good looking figures, but for some reason he used the black series Grogu with figure arch din, which, Hey, it's fine. That's an artistic choice, <laughs> but it, it's, it's nice and vibrant, nice and crisp, clear. Uh, to me, I, I always anything Grogu and his, and his buddy Din typically warms my heart and will get it, itself put into the two feature folder. Uh, but there to me, it really is just the, the little guy, just like <sighs> he's doing, putting his arms out, kind of getting ready to do the Superman fly up into the sky. Yeah, yeah. So it's just a, it was just a fun, 
you know, almost like a father son shot of the two Mando buddies. So um, that closes out our top five at Germano underscore five one eight. Uh, that's the last one for our top five. And then Matt, you had the top oh, yeah. one this week. So tell us who we got and what we got. It is a got. top one week. So thanks for letting me play, Nick. That's always kind of you. Yeah, uh, I went with Force Dad Photography. Uh, he, in my opinion, is one of the best Star Wars 375 photographers, meaning the, you know, the, the smaller scale figures, which will have less articulation and, not so much these days, but typically in the past, they also had just less f- f- details in the face sculpt, but they, are, they actually are getting quite nice at this size. But Force Dad almost exclusively shoots in this size, and the shot we're looking at, he recreated the epic moment from the final season, or the final episode, of, oh, please never say that again, Matt, the final, the final season, season of Mandalorian, no. that, Jesus, <laughs> that's some bad juju to put out there into the world, <laughs> but it's, it's one of the final shots of the final episode of season two of the Mando, it, it Luke's arrival, but it, it, it's a picture at the 3.75 inch scale of Jedi Knight Luke doing the force choke on a uh, dark trooper and nick these dark troopers are 3d printed and uh, styled by force dad himself those aren't actual oh, figures wow. that you can buy uh, so he actually printed a bunch of these he printed the hallway like the hallway he he built it's all practical uh and then obviously the the scene i'm talking about it's not luke slicing and dicing it's when he taps into anakin's favorite thing to do as vader when he breaks out the the force choke fist force choke. and just crushes that uh, dark trooper to uh, to hell and back, and it just I don't know, it's just he uh, force dad's another one that is very generous with his setups. He does a lot of behind the scenes. He's a guy I remember years ago. I used to hit up and be like, "Hey man, how do you do the lightsaber effect or what apps do you use?" This is a guy that turned me on to Affinity for iPad, and I still use that to to this day. Because to me, it's not as clunky. Uh, it's it, it's written in a way that my dumb design brain can somewhat understand <laughs> what the hell all the controls are. Yeah, but I, I just I've always been a fan of Force Dad because of, a his ability to create the scenes, b to literally build them with his own hands or a three D printer, and c he's obviously quite good at photography and the uh, post processing aspects oh, of, of the hobby. Yeah, it's it's crazy too. He, he like put in like like shuddering, like like ghosting of the image to show that like the the uh, the dark trooper. Oh yeah, was you know, there, I'm, like, just, I'm just realizing that electrified. now. Good good pickup. Yeah. Yeah, like down by the gun. It's like he put motion into it that way, which was fucking really cool. And then, yeah, just knowing that this is all like essentially everything that you see in this frame or most of it is like hand, like created by him, the dark trooper, this, the, the hallway setup and everything else like that is super impressive. Yeah. And, and um, Nick, the, th- the it, figures it, are so small, they would fit in the palm of your hand like they're, they're only yeah. like we've always said right around the size of my wiener which isn't yeah, big. Like, <laughs> That's to me, like being someone that plays with the Barbies yeah. to the 112 and has a few of these, that to me is the most impressive or one of these Star Wars 375 photographers can take just these tiny little things that don't quite bend like the bigger figures do and make them look like bigger figures, sometimes in the case of Forstad, like actual real living things. 
Yeah, that I'm is I'm on his insane. page now just flipping through some of his work and it is just always quality looking stuff. Yeah, and crazy how good this looks oh, yeah. at that yep, scale. Yep, so yep. Look at that mall. <laughs> I love mall. No shirt mall with his crazy spider legs. Uh, but the yeah, that, that was my top one. Force Dad Photography at Force Dad Photography. Uh, as I said, I'm sure he still is, but used to be very generous if you have questions. Uh, he does a lot of behind the scenes stuff. And these days, as I mentioned, he's gotten into 3D printing, essentially building out his own figures and sets. And it has uh, definitely enhanced his work. Um, damn, look at that small scale din. I mean, that, the, the small scale din looks better than the 112. I'm, I'm looking, I'm on his page now, <laughs> Nick. But yeah, great follow yeah. out there at Force Dad Photography. There we go. And Woo! that closes out. Our top five plus one for the week, and it closes out our show. Thank you again to to Blainer Things for coming on and joining us for well over the time that you that you needed to. Uh, yeah, and hell, I think a, he even a, stayed an for an extra 30, 40 minutes as we droned yeah. on about all the other nonsense we talk about on an episode of the Star yeah. Wars Time Show. Uh, but as Nick said, it's it's time to say goodbye. All right, I'm going to go get my sweater yes. vest and a change of shoes, sing a little song and walk out of my house. Anyone else ever wonder where the fuck Mr. Rogers used to go at the end of an episode? Like, no. why did he have to leave his own house? Maybe he's got a, <laughs> like a mother-in-law suite yeah, in the back. Go. He's just going to hang out I with his mom. Mr. Ro- I think Mr. Rogers is the only thing that prevented me from being a complete scumbag human. Cause I, I think I have that potential. It's in, it's in the yeah, bloodline that there's <laughs> no doubt about it. it's in the Haywood bloodline, especially on the, with the males. But I think it's Sesame Street and Mr. Rogers that taught me to not be a piece of shit. Hey, that's good. Good that he was there then. <laughs> Welcome to the Mr. Rogers Show. Do-do-do-do. All right, friends, mm-hmm. it's time to go to bed. Let's put this episode, what is it, episode 146, stick a fork in it. We got through another interview. It was successful. The first time we did a, a three-person live stream. Now that I've got that you know, under my belt, I'll feel much more comfortable scheduling more of these, Nick. So I will let you continue to do interviews. Because for okay. the most part, it was I didn't want to deal with the tech setup. And a lot of times it would be scheduling type of stuff. Uh, but now that we got the tech shit figured out, and I don't know, I'd, I'd imagine it sounded somewhat okay through the stream. I'm hoping it did because I'm relying on the stream audio for the audio version tomorrow uh, because I definitely didn't record my stem and I didn't tell Nick to record his stem, but he probably did because he is a good boy. He did. So yeah. yeah the, so basically the show, if you're audio only, I apologize. It's going to sound a little more tinny than I, than I uh, typically like to put forth on our audio platforms of the Star Wars Time Show, which Nick... Guess what? You can find out which audio platforms we are on, podcasting platforms, if you will, by going over to StarWarsTime.net. Subscribe to podcast. It's up there in the top or the hamburger menu if you are on mobile. From there, you'll see all the platforms, and they are bountiful. iTunes, or these days just Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, Android, Pandora, iHeart, Stitcher, TuneIn, Deezer, RSS. You can get the shit emailed to you. There's no excuse to get looped into the Star Wars Time Show if you like this type of content. And if you don't, go to hell, right? That's what we say. That is our mantra here. If you don't like us, we don't like you either. 
But in all seriousness, StarWarsTime.net is our home. It's where you can get the content that we're typically going to be talking about on our weekly show, which we do on Tuesdays, uh, usually in between the hour of 2 and 3 p.m. East on YouTube. YouTube, you say? Yes, the Star Wars Time Show is on YouTube. You can also find the Star Wars Time Show on YouTube by going to StarWarsTime.net. Or these days, I think we have uh, enough shit vomited out into the internet. You should be able to just start typing Star Wars Time Show, and I think most of our content will pop up. But we need those subs on YouTube. We're in 700. Let's get to 1,000. Let's make 2021 an even bigger growth year for the SWTS than it was in 2020. And a lot of you that sit in this stream, we know you helped drive that growth. But it's Matt. It's not enough. I'm going to keep asking for your dedication, your loyalty, stump for the Star Wars Time Show. It does pay off. We we may have gained a new fan today in Blainer Things. I hope so. I hope you had a good time. Uh, It was fun talking to him. And usually if you go for two hours and it doesn't feel two hours, uh, that implies that you were somewhat enjoying it. So hopefully Blaine joins up and maybe he'll start bringing other people. But that's how this happens. We're just two dudes. In basements, not our mother's basements, but in our own basements, or I'm in a basement, he's not in a basement because they don't have basements in Texas. But we're just two dudes. We don't have a backing of a corporation behind us. We don't have Patreons taking your money. All we ask is if you like this shit, tell other people, trick other people, don't waterboard them, but other forms of torture to get them to listen to it. It, Just one time. Just one time might be enough to garner the next hardcore Star Wars Time Show superfan. If you are a superfan, don't forget to join our Discord. It's active all week long, not always with Nick and I, but with the uh, what we like to call the, the, the fandos, the assholes, the super troopers, the super duper SWTS fans. It's a good time, and you never know, Tones might start getting a little little uh, sexual with his memes, give you some uh, something to talk about at dinner with the wife. You just do not know what you're going to get in the Star Wars Time Show Discord. So uh, give it a follow. Yeah, you can. I think the easiest way, Nick, is just going to our Instagram account at Star Wars Time Show and hitting the link tree for that. Yes. And the reason we want you to do all this is because I know Nick knows and the, the, the fandos know there's always time for Star Wars time. There, there really is. We had Star Wars time today with Blaine, then we did our own Star Wars time thing because there's always time for this galaxy that we all love that may not be real, but in our minds and hearts it is. And remember, if you listen to the Star Wars time show, this thing right here, the Force will be with you. Always. Always.